Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 39 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have Zach Hoyt. He is co-owner of Sparkle Clean here in Plattsburgh with his wife, Katie. Uh, We go into a whole bunch of things. We had a uh, good talk about the outdoor wildlife, his his active, I guess, BHA. Um, He'll explain what that is. First time I've heard of it, but he explains it, and it's something that he's passionate about. We also talk about their cleaning business, like I said before, Sparkle Clean. Uh, We also talk about... Um, how me and him are trying to fight the dad bod and a lot of other fun stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy episode 39 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 39 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest tonight is Zach Hoyt. He is the co-owner of Sparkle Clean. They are a local uh, cleaning company in the North Country. And I met Zach and his wife, Katie, I believe, at an after-hours event. And I think we just kind of... I actually remember where we were. I think we were at uh, Plattsburgh Brewing Company. And I think we ran into each other kind of on the side. Probably was one of your first times at the event. And I think we... Like I said, kind of being a younger couple we kind of hit it off a little bit and and now i know you're involved with adkyp and and you know obviously this is kind of a new startup company for you i say new it it's uh you're you're coming back into it i guess and um so welcome to the show thank you mr zach um so anybody that does not know you give them a little background on how you became 2019 zach hoyt 2019 zach hoyt that's a long road (laughs) how old are you 30 Oh, 89 or 90 or 88? 88. Okay. October of 88. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, you know, had a, had a long road of, uh, you know, company management for a security company, uh, became a correction officer and, uh, my family owned a cleaning business since 1981 in Middletown, New York. And, uh, they decided that they were essentially done with it. My uncle passed away when they were under operation and there was really nobody left. The kids weren't interested. And in 2010, Katie and I formed a partnership and decided to bring it up here. Um, started slow, started with uh, auto and boat detailing. Um, as I was working full time as a correction officer at that time, and then slowly added residential commercial properties again and floor refinishing, and just slowly went back into a full service. So it was 2010. Yeah, 2010. When, when did you guys meet? When we were or, 15. And you got married. Got married in 2012. So what's the math on that? 22, 23? No, actually, no. I lied. No, we did get married in 2012. Wow. September okay. 29, 2012. Oh, cool. Very cool. Okay. So so you guys have been doing this since 2010. 2010. But you just took... I mean, I know you were the CEO. Or a CEO. You were a CEO. Yep. And then you got out of that to go into the cleaning business. Essentially, yeah. Like you... you I guess you transferred from full-time. Yeah. So we were Or from part-time. half-hearted and full-time. Yeah. Yeah. We were just running it part-time, you know, on the weekends or after hours when I wasn't, you know, working at the prison. And then... We had to make the jump, you know. What did uh, what did Katie do before? She was a dental technician. Um, really? Okay. Prior to that, she worked um, as a teacher's aide at CV Tech for a little while. But uh, she spent six years at High Peak Dental. Wow, okay. So 
what what caused you guys to switch? Because obviously you went from this is something I I fully understand is you went from a CEO job, which is fairly much a guaranteed paycheck, good benefits, things like that. Same thing with Katie. She had a job. She was an employee. She had the probably nine to five or eight to three or whatever, eight to four, whatever her job was. And so that was kind of a very safe, cushiony, I say cushion, but like you, you were comfortable. You knew your budget, everything else. Then you guys took the leap of faith into owning your own business, which is for anybody that's part of that can be an absolute shit show. Absolutely. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of bad, a lot of headaches, a lot of long hours. Um, but what what caused you guys to to make that jump? So uh, our daughter was born in uh, 2015. Um, prior to that, you know, I always had the um, admiration, if you will, of owning your own business, being your own boss, being able to write your ticket, um, whatever you want to, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, there's no self satisfaction in being a correction officer 95% of the time, and I'd say if anybody told you otherwise, you're probably lying, because you you can't see. Uh, what you've done in an eight or 16 hour shift a lot of time other than keep your fellow officers safe a lot of times or stop an incident from occurring or something like that. There's no before and after, if you will. So I always was always looking for that. There's always a gap, you know, in my personality, I kind of like to have that feedback. And, uh, Katie was, she's pretty passionate about being a dental technician, I think. Um, but just the flexibility once we had our daughter, it was just amazing. But having that security, as long as there's not a government shutdown, I was going to get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. You know, I went through two of those, that that was kind of rough. You know, it was an eye opener. So so did you guys switch out of more like you wanted to, meaning you wanted to be your own boss, things like that, or did you switch? Like when I guess when you switched or went full time, did you have the amount of people that you knew would be you'd be comfortable full time, or is that kind of a gamble too? That was a gamble. That was one hundred percent a gamble. So you guys, it wasn't like you guys were like swamped with work and we're like, man, we just can't get people in, so we gotta go full time and we'll be able to fill it. Or we had ourselves set up. Um, we were steady before we did the uh, dedicated launch, you know, to full-time. But mm -hmm. it wasn't a guarantee, like you said. I mean, first of all, when you're working in the residential market, I have a feeling like you're probably more of a luxury than you are a necessity a lot of times. Yeah, um, So economic downturns, you're the first thing to go. Kidney braces, probably the first thing to go. So it just, uh, it's not a guarantee, but then there's really no target market in the cleaning industry, I don't feel, because you work for such a wide range of people. You never know who's who's actually looking for your work because you can have somebody that may be considered lower income that may budget for you, you know? Well, I always found, like, we have a... You guys obviously do residential cleaning. Yeah. Like, so we have a lady that, since I moved in with my wife, she always had a cleaning lady. I've known her for five years now. Um, or my, my wife, and she had a cleaning lady, which was odd for me because when I grew up, we never had a cleaning lady. Uh, part of it was my mom was just like, you know, made sure the house was clean. I don't think she wanted someone else to clean. We were the cleaners. I did a lot of cleaning sure, back yeah. in the day. Um, so then when my wife had a, a, a cleaning lady, I was like, why, why are you paying? Like, you don't do your own stuff. Well, part of it was she had a massage therapist business. So she had people coming to the, so we, it was almost like an office, it was home and office semi because she okay. had everything cleaned. And uh, I'll tell you, one of the best things money-wise, and, and, and I, I think about it now, one, I don't want to do it. Like I'm always looking. This is like my big thing right now is time. Like I, I had a uh, someone came the other day, and it was a company that that comes and does you know furniture and office supplies and things like that. And I told him, I said, listen, if you guys are gonna do this, I will. 
I'll buy it because it saves me from leaving the office to drive to get it or, or make a special trip or park at Target to go get something. I'm like, my thing right now, I've gotten to the point where I've, I'm, time is my most valuable asset. And I know it's everybody's most valuable asset, but I'm getting to the point where if I can somehow squeak out another 20 minutes or a half hour in my day, that is so huge where that could be me running an errand. Like today was one of the very, happens like once every two weeks maybe I can come to the office and never have to leave the office, meaning I didn't have an out-of-office appointment today. Now, I had four appointments today, but they were all within here, which is nice. I saved all the drive time. Um, I ate lunch in here today. It was a great day, but it's a time factor. So our cleaning lady saves me time on the weekends because when I'm home, I want to hang out with the kids. I don't want to sit there and spend you know two to three hours trying to clean and mop and, and dust and everything else. So I think for you guys, and I think a lot of the service industries is saving people time is way more valuable to the end consumer than maybe even a like a fully clean house. Like I think I was I was kind of rushing you guys through the other day. You guys were doing the windows here, and I was like, just make it look semi decent because I don't have to do it. Like it's saving me the time. And I said it was obviously going to rain too, so I want to make oh, sure yeah. you guys didn't finish the gig. But do you find that with a lot of people that the a lot of people do it for more of a time factor. Do they do it more from the professional aspect of they know it's going to be done better or do they do it because they just are lazy and don't want to do it? I think all three. I mean, Make sure. I've worked for a lot of different people. Like um, a lot of people we work for might be retired. They might just want to not have to touch their home. Mm -hmm. You know, they have themselves set up. They're comfortable in their retirement and they, that's something they don't want to have to do every day or once a week or once every two weeks. And they rather be off enjoying themselves enjoying yeah. their retirement mm -hmm. or then you'll have somebody that like yourself you know you're a business owner and you're busy mm -hmm. your time's valuable so does it does it pay to sit there and clean your own home or is it more productive in your life to enjoy your quality time with your family and then spend the time you have at work mm -hmm. you know that's it's a juggle i guess it just depends on everybody's needs and that's why we tailor each solution to the client's needs i guess yeah, so when what do you guys think right now? Residential, commercial, what's the split roughly? 60-40, I would say. 60, Towards? 40, commercial side. So you guys are more commercial. More commercial. Do you do? Well, I would say that's based on revenue. The number of clients I have are probably far outweigh in the residential market. Gotcha. And for commercial properties, do you find that you do those more often? Meaning like businesses or do you find that homes you go in more frequently? No, I'd definitely say it's commercial because I'm in, you know, commercial contracts three days a week, four days a week, every day sometimes. Just depends. You know, sometimes twice a week. Just depends on the office or the And also for, space. for you guys, like I, I kind of was, before the podcast started, we were talking about what's like a normal day for you. So like the normal day, typically, like you said, businesses obviously are mostly after hours. So you work in the evenings. Um, do you guys work on the weekends at all? Or is it just more by necessity, like appointment only if you really had to? If we have to, we have contracts that are serviced on the weekends. Um, you know, uh, I think it's a quality of life move. We don't advertise that we work every weekend, mm -hmm. um, but we will work weekends. It's a necessity in the job, unfortunately, but yeah. And, and, uh, well, it's kind of like, I think we're very similar in that aspect. Like you have to be there when people aren't there and I have to be available when people are there. So like evenings for yeah. me, a lot of times are big showings because people work till four or five and, and that's the only time they can go see a property or the weekend so um but at the end of the day it's you might run out for an appointment here and there and to me if i work you know a couple hours on a saturday morning or sunday morning and i get the rest of the day i'm fine um because the necessity or the luxury is i can 
take a Wednesday off and hang out and do something else if I if I had to because I can make that schedule. Yeah. Um, so when do you guys normally start in a day? Oh, uh, well, you know what it's like owning your own business. So I'd say like this morning, I'll give you just an idea. I started at uh, I do some physical activity at some point in the morning, and then uh, right right about ten o'clock, I started office work, and uh, by one thirty. I was at my first residential contract for the day. Um, that rolled into 2.45, had a 3 o'clock estimate. After the 3 o'clock estimate, I had a 3.45 commercial clean. Um, after that clean, we had another commercial clean, and then I broke off. And uh, I'm here with you now, and the crew's still working. They have two more to do. So what time will they end tonight, roughly? Uh, tonight, probably about 9.45. Okay, because I know when you guys... well. When, <laughs> was this the worst place you cleaned? No, it wasn't that bad. Not even, not even a really shot in the dark on that. Yeah. What's the worst place you've ever cleaned? Was it just like a? I'm assuming it was a, like a vacated home. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty bad. Um, I would have to say the worst. It, it, there's different uh, degrees of. Worst. Yeah, I know. What you, yeah, uh, but yeah. So the dirtiest place I've ever cleaned was um, probably. Uh, just a low income house had been vacant for a long time and it was left dirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was really dilapidated. Did you have animals living in there? Yeah. It was animals, smells. I mean, there's the, uh, stuff on shower walls that shouldn't have been there. There's, I've been in some, I've been in some nasty homes. I think people, I always find it funny. I go into a house and people will be like, well, don't, don't, uh, don't, can you overlook? And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, whatever you think I, whatever you think's bad, I've seen a thousand times worse. And that's not an exaggeration. So it's got to be, it's got to be really bad for me to say. And sometimes I go into some homes like that, and, and the clients, oh my god, this bad. I'm like, yeah, this actually is bad. I've been in a lot. This is this is the bottom one percent. Um, but the, like, some of the stuff that I've seen is obviously like some kind of creepy things. I've seen a skunk and a sump pump, and I've seen just homes that just smell awful. You Ours, walk in. I've ours. seen homes you walk in are covered in mold. I've seen houses that um, are just covered in just like a musty old dirt smell. I think the worst is like when you walk on carpet and you can like see the dust coming off the carpet is probably that's, the worst. I've seen that too. That's like that dry. I don't even know if that's like concrete dust or salt coming out. Yeah, of it. I, it I almost, exactly yeah, you're, it you're right. It almost looks like, yeah, that was probably some kind of concrete because it, it's, it's fairly thick and I'm like, yeah. there's no way normal dust would be that. Like I've seen dust and dust is kind of usually like, a, like a, a less dense product i guess and when you get concrete yeah, you can pick it up it's almost like, like clay you can hold it's like a silk like you know hold it yeah yeah it's like sand and uh put your beater bar in your vacuum across it and it comes flying out of the rug because it can't keep up <laughs> so so when, when uh i guess have you so you guys have always been part of the cleaning industry yeah essentially um i grew up around it katie wasn't um but i was uh my father was uh in the military growing up and he uh, had the opportunity with his reserve unit. He used to go down and teach at West Point a mm -hmm. um, couple weeks out of the summer. And I would always go down, you know, or we'd just go down and visit his side of the family. They ran the business as a, when I was a kid. So I was exposed to it relatively young. Did you work in it? Th your, I mean, all the way through, like through high school, things like that? Essentially, yeah. Like I would go down and visit my grandfather and he worked the same shift that I'm now working. So it was time to spend with him was essentially why he was out doing the uh an hour outside of new york city in middletown new york yep they've yeah, been there a few times park and rides mm -hmm. so that was uh that was a big contract for us was the park and rides 
did you um so so when you took over the business this is a business from middletown essentially yeah it's from middletown New okay York. so this was not like when you were up here in high school you weren't there wasn't like a sparkle clean locally no nothing up here at so all. this hasn't actually been up here since two or until 2010 since yeah 2010 it was brought up here gotcha yeah. um so you've been to west point i have yeah, yeah it's beautiful my cousin went there um he's, he's our age but he graduated from there as a cadet and we went down a few times and it's it's a really pretty campus yeah, that's wicked nice. You, you ever seen the Ranger Wall? That's I don't know if it's a Ranger Maybe. Wall. That, I think it's what they use for their uh, their JROTC. You ever seen rappelling off the the wall on the way up to the? Uh, the oh yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Like, what do they call it? The Courage Cliff. Well, is that what they call it? I don't know what they have, but there's a big sign up there. I remember it. it was I was young, but it was really cool watching them. You know, rappel off of it. I remember that. I, I remember um, they, they do a lot of like weird. Things. I mean, you see them like running and doing like that kind of stuff here and there, but you see them do drills and run drills. Yeah. And I went down to a football game and where they had the tailgating, there was a bunch of just like free range pull up bars and dip bars and things like that. So obviously they're running around. Um, my cousin played soccer too. So the soccer stadium is way down, um, kind of near the water and the train tracks. And then you work your way back up and then like obviously had the main quad and the buildings and um, it's, it's a, it's a really cool campus. Like all the stonework on there is really nice. Beautiful. And, yeah. And, and have you ever driven on or rode on the train to go buy it? No. So if you take um, if you take like Rensselaer and go down the city, it follows the east side of the Hudson. So basically, if you're going down the Hudson River, it's on your right side. And if, okay. you, if you sit there and like look up, I mean, West Point is on top of a mountain at the very like point of I say mountain, but it's on the top of a cliff pointing at um, pointing north um, on the Saranac River. The reason being, obviously, is because back in the day, you know. Being high up was a was a tactical advantage for in war. Absolutely. So West Point was probably the best spot you could say, "Hey, we're going to put the 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 military academy of the United States." And it's really cool because I don't even know. I, I'm assuming it started like 1775, something like that. And it's been there a while. Whenever the U.S. Army, I'm, I'm guessing, is the same year. And it's cool when you walk through the campus and you see the names on there, like. Like Robert E. Lee, I think, went there, who was obviously the general of the Civil War, so he wasn't fighting for the same side, but all these guys went, you know, Eisenhower, um, uh, Ulysses Grant, like all these guys were, are old old cadets and, and uh, Thayer, so it's kind of cool to to go down and see like the history of it. There's a lot of American history came to that place, absolutely. Yeah, and it's crazy how it's right there. Like when my cousin graduated, it was pretty cool. They had at the time... Um, uh, Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States, like the acting vice president. He did the uh, the commencement address, which is kind of cool because that's the only speech I've ever heard from like a, a hot, I guess a major politician. Um, I mean, I've seen, I've actually seen one, two, three, f- five, four living, no, yeah, four presidents, which is odd because I never saw any of the presidents actually in Washington, D.C., just You've randomly. never seen him? No, I saw I saw Bush Sr., um, H.W. Bush, on his boat in Kenny Bunkport, Maine. What are the chances? Well, like, oh, that's, no, where, they, that's yeah. where they live. But, like, I remember going and we drove by and they're like, oh, yeah, this is like the Bush compound or something. And he was on his boat and right behind him was a black boat, which is the Secret Service boat. <laughs> just hanging out. Just hanging out, just driving. And then I ended up seeing Bill Clinton on the golf course. Up here? No, 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 down in Florida. I was playing on a golf course. And I remember them telling us, there's a, there's a VIP here. And we're like, okay. Like, what, what? Important people are all over, right? Yeah, I mean, I, okay, some like celebrity. And all of a sudden, we catch wind that it's Bill Clinton. Well, then all of a sudden, we're sitting there. We're done around. We're sitting on the table. And he comes driving up in his cart. 
And no, he's not driving. Another guy's driving. But it's funny because all of a sudden you'll see like he's come up the fairway and you see like these ground crew guys. They're all Secret Service. They're dressed as grounds crew. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and they're, sp- they're spraying the water. And then a couple of years ago, I went to the President's Cup, which is a golf tournament down just outside New York City. And Clinton, W. Bush, and Obama all came out for the start of the tee thing. All and at the same time. Well, they all came out and sat down as the guys teed off to start the round. So I'm like me to the train tracks away from the three, like three of the presidents. And then Trump came and gave out the the, um, the trophy at the end of the round on Sunday, which we had already left prior to that. So we didn't see him. So otherwise I would have saw five presidents, but it was kind of cool. I'm not a big, like, I, I like, I hate politics, but I, I still like, I still value the, the office of the president as being like a very cool position. And so, and obviously the history, you always learn about the presidents and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to actually see, personally see four of them in person, which I just thought, you know, it's kind of neat. It is. You see them so, you see them so many times on TV and everything else, and you just kind of watch them down there. And they're, they're pretty funny. All the players were, they were hanging out with the players, and there, it was always kind of a good time. But um, They're people, too. I mean, a lot of people think that they're just, hey. Like robots. Robots, but, but they really do. They, they're people. They have personality. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, uh, George W. was a character. Wild. Shaking hands, like he would go up to every player, and his arm was whipping like this and slapping guys on the back, and it, you know it was kind of funny to see him like out of their element because they're, yeah. they're at a golf tournament, you know. It's not not. Like I remember speech. where was I? I think we were up in Maine. I think we were just driving through Kennebunkport, and we stopped, and like you can stop like right across from where he lives. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's, the highway or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like the highway right there, and I did that, but he he was out there uh, like in the lawn, and I was like standing there, like you said, there's somebody that's pretending to be a tourist, and all of a sudden I look up and he's got. You know, oh yeah, you know the, the bud in his ear. And we got to think. Run a gate. I mean, you got to think anybody. Anybody could come up on that road. Anybody. I mean, any like a crazy person, obviously, because you can see the people. It's not like, and to be honest, it's probably no more than us to the lake away. No, not at all. It's close. It's pretty. I mean, they have to they have to keep pretty tight wraps on that. You would, at this day and age, you know. You I think they know. get they get secret service for life. I believe. Yeah. If you're I a, think their kids do too. Oh, that's, you're probably right. I wonder if like politicians, you get like uh, people that run for politics or, or higher. I don't think they would have secret service for life. Like if you know if you run for like take like a Hillary Clinton, she obviously because she was first lady at one point. But take mm-hmm. take like uh, John McCain who who ran and lost. Like I don't think he would ever have gotten secret service. He probably did when he was running for president. But then like once he lost, they're probably like all right, like we'll we'll see. Yeah. Like at that point, like nobody gives. I'm them. sure if he had like a threat or something that was because of it, I'm sure they would offer him the detail. But. Yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's, it's I've never been. I've been to Washington once, but I'd like to go back down just because I think there's there's so much history down there. But I think it would be cool. Actually, um, last episode I had Mike Cashman on, and he talked about doing the honor flight. Have yeah. you ever been to that the send off? Yeah. So my grandfather actually flew an honor flight, and so really? my uncle. Yeah. That, sure. As like a like a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never. Did you go as a guardian? I did not. My uh, so it's kind of funny how it worked out. My grandfather's brother, um, my grandfather was in Korea. Mm-hmm. His younger brother was in Vietnam. He was able to accompany him as the guardian. So it was two birds at one stone. Oh, nice! So I allowed. I was going to. I was the. Uh, but there's also me and my two cousins. So rather than us fight over, I said, "Hey, why don't you let the other guy that yeah. also served in Vietnam go?" I, and he was healthy enough to do so. Oh, that's awesome! I, I think it's such a cool event. I, and hear Mike talk about it. Obviously, I mean, he he. Uh, he said it was very emotional, and, and he was the flight leader, so he was kind of like the 
the ceremonial leader of the flight, and he took a lot of pride in that. He said his grandfather was also in uh, the military. So I would I would love to go. Down. I want to go down and see the send off, which I got to check the the website as one that's happening next, and then. It, at some point, I'd like to go down to Guardian. I think it'd be fun. But I've, I was told that a lot of um, a lot of the people that go are family, which makes sense, obviously. But every once in a while, there's someone that doesn't have anybody, which would be kind of cool to go down and, and try. You got that? You want me to help you? No, it's good. Okay. <laughs> the whole <laughs> mic's gonna clap. I mean, the other thing too is you can take this like like you you can pop sing it. You pop sing it. Pop sing it. You got you got it. Yeah. Uh, rotate that or yeah rotate it so it's like this get the full face on there yeah there you go and just tighten it right up you can be you can be a little i didn't want to make all that racket on here no no you're you're, you're fine you're fine there we go I don't actually oh i gotta go the other way i think but yeah i think that honor flight is probably one of the best things we do in the local community around here it is very cool i don't know i wonder if more i'm sure more places do it but i just know i mean there's obviously a very big uh very big community feel up here so i think a lot of people up here definitely def, definitely uh, support it and try to give money to it like i said i've done fundraisers and donations and stuff to it but i've never actually gotten to watch a send-off which i'd really like to do i think it's, that'd be it's fun a, it's a really cool ceremony it's uh, definitely worth your time and yesterday we were up at uh, ross's point for the fireworks and oh did you go up yeah they had a float yesterday oh for the honor flight honor flight yeah. how was the parade it was pretty good i used to go as a kid all I watched the time. it twice oh one spot and then went back up yeah, went back up yeah. did uh was there a lot of people there's quite a few. Yeah, it was a nice day out yesterday, so I wouldn't be surprised. It wasn't super hot. It was nice standing outside yesterday. On the, it's a lot hot in the blacktop sometimes. I was there. Um, I had an appointment uh, up there early in the morning, and I forgot they had it because you think about like the 4th of July is not till uh, Thursday. So the fact that they have it Wednesday before, so still it was June 30th, which just seems weird to have fireworks on 4th of July. Typically, it's a little closer, but just the way it falls. Um, so you said... Your daughter was born in 2015? 2015, yep. Did, did you ever, um, when did you guys go full-time? Was it right around then? Uh, trying to think here. It was 2000, uh, yeah, right, right around when she was six months old was when we went full. Did you, full did you find that when you became a parent that you just worked harder? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it definitely made me more of a go-getter, um, especially in our situation. Uh, we don't, you know put it out there, look for any sympathy, but she was born with spina bifida. It was a long road. We went back and forth to Boston the whole time oh, Katie wow. was pregnant. Found out at about 14 weeks. Um, so what's, what is that again? Spina bifida? Spina bifida. It's uh, bifida. this is going to be a yeah, medical definition on this one, but she had what's called the lipomyelin meningocele. So on her S2, in yep. your spine, your sacral region, she's missing the process, which is the uh, the tip of the vertebrae, essentially. Mm -hmm. and Like the tailbone? Yep. So that broken down in plain terms is uh, she had a spinal fluid filled sac with uh, spinal fluid, mm -hmm. but it was also a ball of nerves. And uh, the lower it is, the better your chances of um, quality, high quality life. So when it's up high, you know, C-spine and stuff like that, um, you can get, you know, brain herniation, things like that. She was very lucky. And uh, the head professor at Harvard, uh, Dr. Benjamin Worf did her surgical correction at six months. We thought it was going to have to be at birth, mm -hmm. um, but the quality of skin was good. Um, they did the correction, and she really doesn't have anything that stops her from living a normal life at this point. There's no li limitations or anything? Do you no. have to go for follow-up at all? We do. We go for follow-up. We're part of the uh, Spina Bifida Clinic in Vermont now. Okay. So we go over just uh, quarterly. And oh, she's monitored by urology, neurology, and things like that. Um, she did have a tethered spinal cord, so it was uh, hooked 
um, way lower than ours is, if you will. So when they release it, kind of let it do its natural movement. Mm -hmm. So it, it can rehook as they grow and that can become an issue. You know, they can get numbness and things in different places or but but even like going forward she'll be totally fine she should be. or should be you provided know, you, no pro provided nothing happens yeah i mean usually if it's working after the surgical correction they can usually keep it working oh cool so oh good we got really lucky it was a little bit of a scare in the beginning but. yeah well no, i i like i said i have two kids now and and i mean if they get like my, my son if he gets like stuff stuffy nose or he gets congestion or things like that most of that i'm, I'm like fine with like we haven't had i mean luckily we haven't had any major thing like i i see my parents have kids that are very sick it's like I, that's tough i mean i i couldn't imagine either kid being in a position that was sick you know because they're so fun like they're such like kids are great i mean we, we hung out a lot yesterday and um it's so so much fun just to watch them, them interact and i mean the baby's a little but him, my son interacting with the one month old um you know but the god he he's he's a character so it's just so funny to see personalities come out. So then when you see them like that happy, just to see like a kid and not in a good position or something, it's like heartbreaking. But oh, yeah. she um, was so strong all the way through it too. And he, she, she was young; she was six months old. Yeah. But I mean, still, even now today, like there's um, there's times where she's like she has a little bit of a weakness on her right side, mm -hmm. but she's still like she's wicked strong. Like, yeah. She has a scar from it. Like she has pretty good incisions from it. You know, ten, twelve inches long up her back. Yeah. You know, well, that's that's good. I. I, I just, um, I figured, you, I don't know if it's like, it's probably your natural parenting instinct. As soon as you have a kid, like everything just, you get so much more focused on things. Push it. I think a lot of it too has to do with time. Meaning, you know, you try, I try to cram as much in when I'm like not with the kids as I can to try to maximize the time with them. Absolutely. Um, which is always, it's just, it, it's always going to be a battle. But, you know, I try that the best I can. Um but I think I think like I said, you work harder for that. And then I also think the other thing, the other thing is you really. Uh, I think as soon as you have a kid, your body just goes, okay, you can function off of less sleep. You yeah, somehow can manage it. Yeah. Because I I I, uh, I used to be very good. Like I'd get probably eight hours of sleep. That was like my thing. Like now, God, if I can get six and a half to seven, I'm really happy. And it's some nights it's five and a half to six to. Uh, six and a quarter maybe but i'll tell you right now i when i go to bed i go to bed i hit it hard do you i hit it hard yeah See, like i'm a deep sleeper i was exactly opposite so um i would be that guy who was functioning off like five hours six hours sleep for like prior yeah oh yeah for like wow for like two weeks at a time and uh you know i'd still i'd go to the gym after work with that much sleep and everything else and all of a sudden macy was you know born i, I used to be that guy like on the weekend i would just you know crash hard and i you know somebody could run into that house with a car and i wouldn't even move mm -hmm. but uh now i don't sleep that deep at all well this past week i like, sleep regularly but like uh, weekends are like my time to try to like catch up on sleep and kind of relax and lay low and this weekend was like go 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 so i i today's being a monday literally feels it, I, I didn't get my like my rebound off of the weekend so i'm, I'm kind of dragging today that's why i'm drinking coffee at I don't even know what time it is. Seven thirty at night, and I wish this thing was full because I would need it. But it's it's all right. We're we're doing it. Um, no, I just think that's like a pre. It's like as soon as it happens, I literally think your body's just like, oh, you have a kid. Okay, now here's your meter of what you can function on. Because I go to I get up early to go to the gym, and I I actually am not that bad. I'm getting used to it now. Where like I can function yeah. 
off of five, six hours sleep, go work out and feel halfway decent. I just got to get a coffee in me like as soon as I get done, just a little bit of shot shot of uh, iced coffee or something in my, my, my blood. But it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. That's something I wish I could, you know, try to figure out how to get back into my schedule. Like doing this whole uh, cleaning business, it's, it's really nice because, you know, I can, we take Thursdays off most of the time. Mm-hmm. That's our scheduled day off. You know, we have staff that works on Thursday, but we don't. And uh, it's a housekeeping day, if you will, getting paperwork done and stuff. I'd like to be able to get back to the gym because it's, it's been a while since I've been able to, you know, lift. Stay consistent? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm consistent. I'm, I'm that guy that when I lack motivation, I have the dedication. I'll work out every day, but it's just body weight stuff around the house. Or mm-hmm. I only have a limited amount of dumbbells. And I'd yeah. like to get back to the gym environment a little bit. It's it's tough. I, I used to go prior to kids, I would be evening. Like I showings were always in the evening, like appointments. So it wasn't uncommon for me to go in at like three thirty, four thirty, five thirty, shower and run right back out and show more homes or just go to a listing or whatever. Um I tried I've tried many things. I tried doing like a noon, like literally work in the morning, go to the gym, get back, work till like six, seven at night. I tried doing like a 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. because I didn't want to wake up as early. So I was like, and then I just got to the point where I'm like, screw it. So get up at five, get it done, get on with your day. Because my thing, as soon as stuff gets rolling, like as soon as nine o'clock comes around, game over. Like yeah, I'm running around, things are running into each other. I can't, I guarantee you, like you came in tonight and I sat there for 10 minutes. I'm like, just give me like another minute because I'm just like, trying to get through a few few items that like have to be done um but that's like a normal day so like to go get up early and go to the gym now is just like a normal thing like i can go to bed at 11 11 30 and i'm up at five to go to the gym because i have to like if not i'm not going right so and that's kind of the it's been hard but but now that i'm starting to get into a routine i really like it because i like getting like done the gym showered back and i'm at the office by 7 a.m every morning and it's great because then i can work for a few hours without messages and phone calls and texts coming in and i get some stuff done that's good because then it's good free schedule. for all it literally is a free for all from about 8 39 o'clock on like a lot of times when my daughter goes to bed i'll be you know katie will uh when we get home she'll usually you know put macy into bed if she's not sleeping at one of the you know the sitter has her down mm-hmm. or whatever but i'll do it at like 2 a.m 2 a.m yeah i'll eat dinner at midnight and i'll, I'll work out at like one or two Around the house. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll, I'll do like a fast and I'll wake up in the morning. I don't eat the following day till like noon or one. So you, when, when Sometimes do you... Sometimes I'll work out again on an empty stomach in the morning. So when do you eat? When, oh, what time, what time do you finish eating? Like noon or midnight? Yeah, right around midnight. And then you work out. Tonight will be earlier. So work out, don't eat, or you work, sorry, eat, work out, don't eat, potentially work out again if, yeah, or just... light in the morning, just body weight, yoga type stuff you know calisthenics do you do a lot of yoga i just started doing it do you like it no it hurts um i used to do some yoga i I was pretty consistent at certain points when i did it i felt amazing and i i guarantee you there's so many benefits of it i just don't have i shouldn't say i don't have the time this is gonna be a craig debusism because every time i say i don't have or can't do something i hear craig's voice in my ear saying no, no, no. It's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> you prioritize. You have the choice to do it. You just don't prioritize it. So I don't want to say I can't or I, I don't have time. I just don't prioritize, prioritize my yoga. Um, and I know Craig, if Craig listens to this, he's a pretty, he, he listens quite a bit. He'll text me on that and he'll be proud. Okay. But I don't prioritize yoga, but I should because it is phenomenal. And I feel when I do it even for like a month, 
three to four days or five days a week, everything just feels better. I, I don't have to stretch as much to work out or not to work out. I don't feel as bad sleeping. I don't feel as bad sitting. I can literally get up and everything just moves like jello. Yeah. If I don't do it, I get up and I'm like, your back's stiff. You're moving around. You're, you know, you're stretching your knees out. And it's, uh, I was, no. I was like too proud in the beginning to like say like, oh, I did yoga. Yeah, I do that. No, it was like, it was you, weird, but you know, yoga's tough, man. It's, I was, it's so it is so hard. Like I was at the barbershop, right? Um, on the Plaza barbershops where I go and, uh, Kelly Breen cuts my hair usually. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, She's, she's awesome over there, but she's a yoga instructor. Yep. So she was messing with me, telling me, hey, you should take my hot yoga class. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. So she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I've never, you know, the hardest thing with P90X back when that was the cool thing to do was yep. a yoga video. And she's like, well, just start doing it every day. I said, I'm going to start with cold yoga before we put me in a 110 degree room. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you start what you want. She goes, start doing it. So I started doing it and I was like, hey, this actually hurts a little bit it's stretching stuff I'm not using. So did you do the, the P90X one? I did before. No. And right now I'm using this man flow yoga, something or other on YouTube. Oh, cause the, um, P90X yoga, that was like my first intro to like working out. Yeah. And that was like an hour and a half. And I think I probably out of all the times I did all the other videos, I probably did that one like three times ever from start to finish. I felt amazing every single time. I'm a, I am, the pro the the good the great thing about yoga is that it slows everything down. The bad thing about yoga is my mind is going a thousand miles an hour. That just slowing down for like an hour and a half, I'm just like, oh my god, what what time is it? Oh, it's got it's been three minutes. Okay, you want to move fast? Yeah, look, I just want to I just want to go, and I just feel it's so good for me. But I just I'm not moving, and I'm just like I'm really wasting time right now. That's my thought every time I do yoga, and I'm holding a pose. I'm like. Can this just like hurry up? Because I gotta get. I want to get this done to do other stuff. Right. And again, I don't prioritize it. I usually feel great, but I found when I was consistent, I was doing yoga roughly like fifteen to twenty minutes a day, and it was only a few poses. I was holding them, you know, maybe three, four minutes aside, um, or even two minutes aside, or whatever, and just kind of like slow. I don't even know if it was yoga, but it was just like slowly holding stretches and poses, and it wasn't like the the tree and the all these like weird things that you do like balance techniques it was more of like you know opening up your hip hip flexors and and kind of the quads and stuff with your upper back and your lats and your shoulders and stuff or upper back just to kind of keep everything like loose like the muscle more like the muscles i was using when i was working out and i felt great and i really should get back to doing it but again i don't prioritize it i don't know if i will i'll be honest i don't think i ever will i'm starting to do have you ever seen um I'm going to butcher the name. Oh, it's called crossover symmetry. It's like a shoulder. It's basically like a lot of, um, you know, I, I do it at the gym, but like a lot of baseball players use it. And I've heard it before. I've never actually like looked deep into what it entails. But So it's just kind of these like these retractable band things and they, they stretch out and they add resistance as you pull. But they I have put those on my uh, my bench bar and my squat rack. Yeah, so the same thing. So I have them up, and they cross over. So the two, okay. you grab this one, cross it, this one, cross it. And all it is, it's fairly light, but you do different kind of motions. You pull them out like this. You go out like this. And all it's doing, you know, you do some that go like this. And it basically protects the scapula. Okay, scapular and, stabilization then? Okay, yeah, so so you're using – it's it's fairly light, but, it, I mean, again, you don't need a lot of – weight on those muscles or those those because they're not they're not super strong no it's they're, you're talking like internal external they're, they're rotations like, like yeah, yeah exactly yeah. they're stabilizer muscles so when i'm doing all this stuff 
it's amazing after doing it for a little, like just a little bit, how much like stronger my shoulders feel, how much, I say like my, my, um, is it stance is you're like standing there like this your shoulders don't round over so when people have poor posture and you're sitting down i do have poor posture when i don't do this is my shoulders will round forward which actually kind of makes your t-spine kind of curve and you get kind of this hunched over look like this so if you ever see like guys that do a lot of like bench press and things like that and and their arms are always well the reason is like basically your chest pecs whatever you want to call it are so tight that they're all pulling everything forward because they're not stretched out enough. So you get this like rounded backism, which basically if you see a guy like walking around like that, you can instantly tell he's got un- unbelievably poor, um, you know, flexibility and mobility. He needs to do more pull-ups. Yeah, it's rows, anything. <laughs> so the whole idea is you're doing this, it stabilizes those back muscles. So this is kind of where you get like the, the taller chest and the shoulders kind of pulled back a little more, not necessarily pinching your shoulder blades, but in that general positioning yeah you're just anatomically correct yeah exactly you know? same thing that yoga does for you it keeps all your posture you know That's yeah, yeah so if i can i tried i've been doing that a couple times a week and i've made a huge difference just like doing it two to three times a week because i used to do it all the time and then i got away from it and then i like Kids, all of a man. sudden my shoulders were like really sore and and more sore than they should have ever been and uh so that that's something i've, I've tweaked a little bit which has made a difference but i think anything that's yoga or those little little tactical positioning things of that those smaller muscle groups make such a difference because everybody looks at the bigger muscles like those smaller ones um now you talked about not eating do you typically um intermittent intermittent fast i will sometimes i mean it just depends on what i'm doing like Like, consciously or just kind of by default just working consciously you know i'm one of those guys i really watch what i put in my body a lot um but I don't obsess over it either. I mean, I stay active, and I mean, I think as long as you're doing something, you're you're doing better than most. But do you uh, do you track like your macronutrients? Do you just eat I clean? Used to, used to for a long time. Now I just eat clean unless when I'm eating a Rip Van Stroop waffle here. <laughs> necessity. That that's necessity. the that's the dad. That's where the dad bod comes well, in. Well, this this right here keeps me vertical when I'm working in the sun or something. You know what I mean? Oh, there you go. A little sugar. Yeah, a little um, sugar replacement. Yeah. No, I used to do that. Now I've I've I haven't really tracked what I've been eating. I'm just trying to eat better. I always look at it if I'm not tracking what I'm eating and I'm not eating great. The first thing I try to do is I try to incorporate better food. So I'll try to add vegetables, I'll try to add fruits, try to add like lean meats and get away from the processed crap. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can do that consistently, that usually I usually feel much better naturally. And then if I'm really hammering that out, then maybe I'll take the next step and kind of track the quantity that I'm eating also. Um, is this when you were diesel? Yeah, you're up front, right? Yeah, I was 205. Jesus. Were you like a thick 205 or were you like a 205, like a fairly fit 205? I was fairly fit. I like you weren't, you weren't like, you, you weren't like a lineman 205. You're more like linebacker 205. Linebacker 205. Okay. Yeah. Usually, I mean, I carried some extra body fat, but I would eat a ton. I used to eat like 36, 40 a day. When, when I tried to gain. <laughs> That's what I would have to eat to stay there. Just to maintain? Just to maintain. I had. So I gave up. It was too expensive. What was the heaviest you ever been? Was that it? 218. 218? How tall are Un- you? Unfit. <laughs> How tall are you right now? 5'9". Uh, so I'm 5'7". I... F- 2019... Um, five years ago, roughly? Four or five years ago? I was like, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to get stronger. This whole thing. And I did. And 
it was a chore from October through December because I got all the way to the New Year's Eve. I got up to 189. I was eating 35 to 4,000 calories a day and to put on weight. And I ended up doing it like fairly clean, like as, as clean as you could make it where I wasn't just eating like pizza. Right. So what was hard is I'd come home at night. We would make like steak and potatoes and we'd have like a really good meal. And then like within an hour, I'm making a shake that had a thousand calories in it and I had it in the Ninja. Well, it was like literally like eating like pudding. It was like drinking pudding out of, it, that's how thick it was. And you're trying to drink out of this, this, what, I don't even know how many ounces that would be. Probably over four, well over 40. In the like, like a Like a Ninja, like not the small one, like the, the main size Ninja. It was probably because I used to use a magic bullet. It was probably two thirds full. The problem was I just didn't eat throughout the like I have a hard time eating throughout the day. I pump food constantly. Still, do you? Yeah, I'm I'm a grazer. I eat like little bits all the time. That's my my hardest thing because there'll be times I'll come here and I have no food here and I'm like I don't want to go eat, so I'll just drink black coffee till one or two in the afternoon. Then finally I'll go go get food and then I'll work and then I'll eat at like nine o'clock at night like leftovers like tonight. I'll just go eat leftovers at the house. Um, or if I'm really tired and don't feel like making stuff, I'll go to Chipotle, naturally. Um, Chipotle, yeah, that's your spot, though. Unoff- unofficial sponsor of the show. They don't know about it yet, but they are. Um, but the, the the whole idea is like just trying to get food in. That's the reason why I couldn't put any weight on right now is because I know I would I would struggle to break probably 2,000 calories. I just, yeah, I just I don't, don't get enough in throughout the day. I don't anymore. Not, Not because I basis. want to, just because time I, I don't have time to right. do it. That was 179 right there. Oh, yes. I love this because my buddy Joe's in the same photo. And Joe was looking thick in that photo. <laughs> yeah, but Joe is strong. <laughs> is that really you? Yeah, that's me. That was 179 right there. Yeah, but you don't look that big there. No. You have to say the belt. Leaned out quite a bit compared yeah. to the other one I showed you. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's when I started Freaking Joe. Joe. That kid is strong. Joe, he's big. He's, uh, yeah, he is strong. He's strongest calves I've ever seen in my life. Big calves. Big. I'd actually call him cows. I want to call him calves. He, he can't even zip a pair of combat boots. <laughs> Just saying. I believe it. No, I actually really can't. I really I, believe it. He might it. be able to now, but I still don't think. Back he can. then, no, he was a strong guy. He used to go to our gym, and he was he was a he was he's a great guy. He's a great family. Um, yeah. So so the food thing that's always obviously an issue, but you know we try to eat good, you know, and just get it from good sources you know we come down to the farmer's market quite a bit we try to make the best choices we can but i don't we don't obsess over it are you are you uh are you an open gate farmstead egg guy i am yeah yeah uh, i made some yesterday they're really good duck eggs or nope nope he gave me i have my own chickens oh do you yeah really yeah are they they better than uh than uh, open gate anything wild is good cage free man i don't know i think they're all good how many do you have uh five now so they lay an egg a day, basically. Yeah. So I have uh, two black Australorps and three um, Rhode Islands. And do you, do you go out every place. morning, grab those eggs and make them? They're at my dad's house. So yeah, he does. And he, he, that's the ones he eats every day? Yeah. He'll come down and he'll like, I'll get a dozen in like three days. Amazing. Unless, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he'll bring them down to me. They're, they're so good. I I think... I'll have they're to so ask, much darker than, yes. than a store-bought. And they have such a more rich flavor. Well, the, the egg is... The shell is darker. The yolks are darker. The omega content is usually a lot higher. The egg, the yolk is darker, but the white actually to me is whiter. Whiter, yeah, absolutely. It's not as like that yellowish, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I would say that it's night and day. The other thing that's night and day is like grass fed 
Yeah. Anything. I never believed that until I tried it. It's amazing. It is. And my favorite thing is we get, we get a cow from a local guy and the same thing. We'll get like the ground, the ground beef and just, you make them in the patties. You make them a lot. A lot of times we just do like a stir fry <clears throat> with them and it's so good. It's so much better. It just tastes better. Absolutely. Um, we got to get a, what's Matt want to sell us? A pig. Yeah. When, when Matt goes, do you want a pig? I said, put me down for a half. Matt puts in my phone or puts in his phone. Half pig for Galen, upsell him to a hole. <laughs> and he's had, he's had that in his in his phone. But I I told him I said we only have so much freezer space, so we'll get a half pig. Maybe, from maybe him. I'll get the other half. Yeah, there we go. He ups, upsold me. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna resell it off to you. So, uh, but no, it's 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 totally different. Do you um, how many are you like an egg every day guy? I would say at least at least usually one a day. Um, Hard boiled or just you just cracked? This morning I had four. But uh, just only one yolk this morning. Are you a, are you a scramble guy? Or are you a over easy? Yeah, usually. What time are you up normally? This morning I was making eggs at uh, eleven o'clock after my work. Oh Jesus! No, you're too late. I was up. I'm up at like seven or eight though. Oh, uh, we got a me me and uh Matt have breakfast tomorrow at seven thirty. If you want to join. Oh, over here. Yeah, but yeah. It, but it's early, so you don't have to. No no obligation. Um, yeah. So we uh, the other day we walk in there. They must have thought, we're talking about Campus Corner. I thought they were going to kick me out. Now, luckily, I've been going to Campus Corner for probably three years now, almost every week or every other week. And so, so you're I, regular? Fairly regular. I mean, like they, the, the waitresses know like who we are now. And so I go rolling in. I come here, 7 o'clock. I have a 7.30 uh, breakfast. So I get a nice coffee from Champy's, that Champy gas station. Yeah, yeah. My good? only problem with them, they got, a nice, they got an iced coffee dispenser, which is phenomenal. But it is like never full at seven in the morning. It's like a drip. I mean, I can still feel, it'll get, I'll fill the coffee. It's going to take me like three minutes to holding this thing down. So I'm sipping on the iced coffee. I walk from here down the campus corner, which is about a two minute walk. And I'm sipping on the iced coffee. I have half of it left. So I walk into the, I never bring food in the stores. I hate that. I hate people that bring their own stuff. And so I go walking in, I have an iced coffee. I order the stuff and I'm sipping on my iced coffee while I'm there, which is obviously a total douchebag move, but I didn't want to dump it and I want to chug it. So then Matt comes in. I need the eggs. Matt comes walking in with a dozen eggs, comes up to me, and we're literally like passing eggs. Like we're in Campus Corner with a nice coffee, selling eggs to each other at Campus Corner. And I, I, uh, I want to apologize to Sue, but that's all right. She didn't kick us out. We bought a meal. We ate. I think she knew we were coming back. So but that's what we do. We do, we, do some, we do some egg deals in the car or at an ADK event outside of the back of the – Matt Craig would just go grab a couple and – I think we had back of the trunk. Where were we? Oval. Oval. Yeah, I bought a bunch of oval, and then we got some. We got some. We got some really good video, like good content. We got some good good content content for. Yeah, yeah. We we always uh, me and Matt. We're always trying to one up each other, but we always we always one up each other with each other's in the other video. So it's it doesn't really work out much. But um, no, eggs are great. Um, Grass fed, like regular bacon. Yeah, I say grass fed bacon, but you know, pig pigs or whatever. I guess it's grass fed. Actual legit forest, forest raised, I guess. A lot of is that what it is? A lot, of, a lot of pigs will, uh, you know, you free can, range grass. I don't know. Pat, you can put a pasture raised. in a forest. You know, they'll they'll forage quite a bit. But have you ever had the bacon when it's not really salty? It's just that like thick, yeah, like like oh. natural bacon. My favorites. Uh, have you ever had the back bacon before with uh, the pea flour on it that they do in Canada? No. Yeah, it's or maybe I have, but I don't know by super good that name. It's it's got like this pea flour. That they put on the outside of it, and that back bacon naturally is uh, it's the loin cut, so it's got a lot less fat in it anyway. Okay, I'm addicted. It's not to Canadian it. bacon, is it? it? It's essentially Canadian bacon with a pea flour 
on the What do you back mean? What's a pea flower? It's peas, like peas, into like a green peas. Yeah, into a flower, and like like a like a mint like a meal. Uh, was it pea meal? Pea meal. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, like it's almost like cornmeal, but pea meal, and it's on the it's on the back of the fat section of the loin on on the Canadian bacon, if you will. It's amazing. Does it fry? Yeah. So it must yeah, fry like right. a batter kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the last place I had it was in Toronto, at uh, Wahlberg's. Wahlburger. You ever? Wahlburger. You ever? <laughs> Marky Mark. Yeah, and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. So that was like a second establishment, but he, they actually had it there, and it surprised me because I used to go to the butcher shop in uh, right over the border in Quebec, and I couldn't. Oh, uh, they wouldn't have Beale? it. Yeah. In Hemingford, that yeah. place is great. Yeah, they would be sold out every time I get there because it's so popular. I didn't know they had that there. We we would go there before. Um, oh no, I'm talking. Uh, is it? Is that what? It's on um, Covey Hill. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So you go down. Um, we always go down right before Christmas. So like we usually make a run up with my dad. I missed this this past year, but we usually run up with my dad a couple days before Christmas. We show up, and I don't know what it is. I just like going to butcher shops. Yeah, me too. It's like I don't know. It's like cool. I go there and get my pastrami for St. Patty's Day usually. Do you? Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. all the stuff there, and I'm like, it's, it's corned beef, it's just, pastrami. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's just kind of cool. So you go in, and it's freezing in there. And the people that work in there, I don't know how they do. They all got big white coats on. It's a legit butcher shop. Like you look in, it looks like Rocky's warming up in the back. And, you know, so you have all this stuff there. I really like blood pudding, blood pudding, which if anybody doesn't know what it is, is actual blood from, I believe, sheep or pig. I think it's, yeah, depending on where you get it, I think there's both, but. I forgot which, which animal, but it, it, it basically is like a sausage. Like the, it's blood, but it's like, yeah. they cook it into like a, I don't know. What's the other thing that they do? Is black and white pudding? You've seen that before too. Uh, I don't think it's called. It's we like, call it blood pudding. It's like, yeah, it's blood pudding. But you ever seen like the uh, what is it, white or black sausage they used to do? Maybe up there too. Well, it's, it's kind like of ground. It's like a very fatty. Like I mean, when you eat it, it tastes like sausage. Like it doesn't taste anything different. It's almost like you you cut into it and it can break off and it's kind of brittle. I've actually tried it. I probably like it. It's good. It's just I mean, if you like sausage or meat, I'm not a huge sausage sausage guy. But if I can get um, if it's like well made like that, I'll have it. Yep. Um, like I don't really get it when I go to like a, like a diner or something like that. It's got to be legit. Oh yeah. Uh, but if you go up there, I always get the smoked bacon. We get we yeah, get the Canadian bacon, but good. the smoked bacon's really good. Um, no, but that's a cool place. Like they have they have a lot of stuff up there. I, have to, I mean, I have a hard time reading half of it, but oh yeah, but that and we're, we're thirty cents on the dollar right now. I mean, why wouldn't you? Well, exactly. Yeah. I so, mean, they still charge quite a bit for it, but it's it's good meat. You know. Well, it's still cheaper. Yeah, and it's still it, cheaper. Because I mean, every time Higher I go in quality there, too. yeah, they have a lot of people that go there. So, I mean, you obviously know it's still well within their budget, so we're getting a discount on it. But mm-hmm. we, once a year we go up, it's always around Christmas. I always look forward to it because go, you go up and it's, you know, it's just kind of like a nostalgic trip because we used to always go, but it's not too far across the border. No, it's Probably only, it's like four or five minutes past. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's like a 45 minute ride for us. Yeah, you go through Hammingford and it's right there. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's cool. I like going to the butcher shop. I like, uh, I used to go to the co-op a lot when I was a kid. I say kid, but like even like teenage. Did you? I stopped on the way here. Yeah, I mean yeah. I, they have a lot of stuff there. I just forget to go. I get my jelly there. Not mm. that that's an overly healthy uh, additive to eat, but I eat uh, Crofter's jelly. It's just like a non-sugary. Yeah, it's or less sugar. It's, it's more natural. Uh, Canadian-made uh, fruit spread. Really? Yeah, it's not a lot of. It's all natural sugars. Not it's a lot of preservatives and stuff in it. Apple pectin, apple sugars. Um, they because they have a lot of cool stuff there. I think they make like meals and like lunches, but they I do. N- yeah, I never end up going there for some reason. I probably should because again, it's right there. We have uh, we have contracts in Cernak Lake too, um, and we also uh, we go to Nori's quite a bit. I don't even know where that is. Cernak Lake. Cernak Lake. It's it's essentially their co-op. Um, it's another green market. 
But if you go up there, they have burned dairy milk. It's fresh in the glass. Mm -hmm. And you swap out your bottle when you bottle deposit. So we get our fresh milk from there. Really? Yeah. They truck it in from burned dairy right from southern New York. Whole milk? Whole milk, uh, 2%, whatever you need. What do you drink normally? I usually drink 2%. 2% or skim. I, I, um, I do like whole. I cook with whole. When I, when I was a kid, we had skim milk. And then I started drinking whole milk probably seven, eight years ago. We'll never go back. No, once you I, do it, it's like uh, whole milk to me. It's real. It's not. It's so much better. Like I, I drink like skim milk now, which is what I grew up on. It tastes like water. I, I will not drink it. It doesn't and, have any flavor. Yeah, I don't drink a lot of milk to to begin with. But um, back when I was trying to gain weight, pff, hell yeah, pounding. Hell yeah, like a <laughs> meal, like like a normal. Like to be honest, I'm not even joking. When I was like trying to get calories in, and I was on the road, I would stop and get a quart of milk and just drink out of the quart of milk, and that would have been like. That was like your 600 calories to sustain yeah. you for carbs, sugars, proteins. Yeah, and it's a great ratio. Yeah. Um, no, I, I 100. That was like my go-to. It was like cheap, cheap, convenient calories. And if you just get, I, I guess a quart, right? It wasn't been a half. Wouldn't have been a half gallon, but a quart, and you drink. I think it's like 600 calories. It was just like a very quick meal that you could hit. Yeah. Uh, I say meal, but like it's an easy way to get 600 calories it's in. Yeah. And it's cheap. Protein too. You, you probably get it for like two, three bucks. You know, and um. That was, yeah, that was always a hard thing. I, like lean, like my, my thing is I, I like eating well. Like if I can prep and eat well, I have no problem eating clean food. Yep. It's just the, it's the, the prep time for me is the tough one. Like for me, actually in the freezer, I have all those like uh, frozen food or frozen veggie bags. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm not a big like prep the food, but if I can just pop it in the microwave, which they're from what I've always researched, they're just as good as regular bre- veggies. Um, and if they're not as good, they're like 99% as good. So I'm, yeah. I'm fine. I'll have it's it. It's a compromise, but I'll tell you, it's, it's available and it's easy to do. Well, like lunch, they had leftover ham from home. Like an actual, we made like a ham roast thing or yeah. whatever. Half of that had, had that bag and I had three clementines. It was perfect. I had like a good ratio. It was fairly clean. Um, breakfast this morning at Champies, I got, uh, it was a egg sausage on a bagel, which Probably not the best, but I just worked out, so I figured it was like you need to get. Because honestly, if I don't get it, like I'm starving. So oh, yeah. like as soon as you get there, like this was 20 minutes after, 30 minutes after I worked out, I was like, cr- crush one of those with a nice coffee. It was perfect. Got on my way, so it's a good start to the day. But breakfast, most important meal of the day. The intermittent fasting thing, I just do it by default if I don't eat. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know if it's better or worse. I do it in the morning, but once I start eating, it's it's I eat all day. Yeah, I, yeah, man, it's tough. We do a lot of uh, we do a lot of field to table at our house too. So, do you um, have anything other than chickens, or just the chickens? No, we just have the chickens. Um, I have two goats, but we don't eat those. <laughs> My daughter <laughs> sounds like Matt, Matt Craig Shirley Shirley the pig. Yeah. yeah, he does like a rain dance, and she has a kid, and then or a kid. She has a litter of kids, <laughs> and then they end up selling them off. Or he always tells he told someone the other day about the pig, and they go, "Do you do you butcher the or no those rabbits? Do you, what do you do with the rabbits? You don't." kill them and eat them and matt goes do you want the true answer or do you want the, the answer you want to hear or something like that oh, yeah. and i was like matt matt Craig throws or uh holds no punches so um i catch uh we usually you know we, we go fishing and uh i hunt we're, we're a hunting family so i usually harvest a couple animals a year and that's we eat that too that's the cleanest red meat you can get really so what's the what's the rule on that you you can only tag one or two a year uh, or one it- per season so i uh i use our archery season you get a tag it's a bucker doe and then you have another one that's given to you for muzzleloader season if you choose to fill it Mm -hmm. which is if you use a buck on the first one 
you have to take a doe with a muzzleloader. And then come rifle season, you can harvest a buck during regular season. Gotcha. But, uh, do you do bow? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that's, it, that's my passion, honestly. Bow? Now, yeah. Or hunting in general? Or hunting in general, but yeah, but the archery has taken over. Um, I started that a couple of years ago, and probably right around the same time I brought the business up here, actually, 2010, I think. Do you ever just go shoot? I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. you just practice. I do 3D shoots a lot. Is uh, that. I would like to. I think archery or archery is the same as bow, obviously, right? Yeah. Archery, I mean, I know yeah. it's. I know it is, but that's you guys referring to it as the same. Yeah. Field? So it just depends. You have traditional archery where that's like a recurve longbow. Mm-hmm. I shoot. I shoot a compound, which is essentially a gives you mechanical advantage. And this is the one that you pull back like that and shoot out. Yep. I use a mechanical release. If you put your finger on these strings, they'll tear your fingers off. But the. Uh, I use well, I mean, yeah. Release. When I'm going like this, I mean, you're pulling back like. You're pulling it back, but it's not like the old Indian bow and arrow. You're no, you're pulling no. back on a, on something a little more that's not going to cut into you. Absolutely, yeah. I have a I have a release that I hold on to. It's in, in the shape of a T handle, mm-hmm. and then you know I have a finger release on it. It shoots about what 30, 40, 50 yards, something like that. Oh no, man! I was hitting uh, eighty five yards the other night. You can was, go that far? Yeah. So I would never shoot an animal that far, but I would. Or shoot, maybe that was it. I Someone... would shoot at an elk at about seventy, maybe, because that's a big target. It's like your door sideways right there. Really? Yeah. Because don't you have to try to hit them like underneath the arm, underneath the armpit, kind of behind the shoulder, essentially with a bow? Yeah, you want a double lung. That's the most ethical shot presentation, if you will. Quartering away is perfect. I mean, what's your what's your margin of error on that? So if you're shooting, like obviously, if you're taking like this is the the point I want. I mean, how many inches each way do you have leeway so, where it still would be considered a a good shot where you're not like all of a sudden you go like that and it shoots off and it hits them in the back leg or hits them like in right, the neck so or something. I aim for MOA essentially, which is are almost one MOA. So one inch at 10 yards, two inches at 20, three inches at 30 and so on progressively out to about, you know, wherever your comfortable distance is. But if you can't maintain that, mm-hmm. you can't make, make an ethical shot at that distance anymore. And I wouldn't even attempt it in the field. Cause I mean, you have no, uh, mother nature's always playing games. You know, it might be raining, mm-hmm. it might be blowing bit 20 miles an hour in your face, everything, you know, it's variables. So and I mean, I got a lot of respect for the animals I hunt, so I'm not going to just start flinging arrows. Was out. it? Is it a pretty like when you're shooting from like 30 yards out, or even 20 yards out, or 10 yards out? I mean, yeah. 10 yards is not too far away, but it's enough where you can definitely get that you know within that range of that one inch. Yeah, mine are all uh, typically touching at most distances. Uh, at 85, they're not. They're probably in uh, like a six or seven inch circle. Wow, is that? Do you, like, and again, I'm totally new on this. Like, do you have a scope when you're looking through this? So no, you look through a peep. It's attached to your string, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I have a little bit more complicated sight than most will. Um, up here in the Adirondacks, you can't usually see far enough for it to matter. So usually use a three-pin sight or a five-pin sight. Mm-hmm. Guys will set those for 20, 30, 40, whatever. I have 30, 40, 50, but my 50 is a floater, so I can dial. I have a sight tape on the side, and I can range it. If it, if it ranges 80 yards, I know my bow shoots 291 feet a second. So I dial to 82 yards or whatever it is and send it. it it'll hit there. Yeah, you did. Because always, it's always going to dip because of gravity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then eventually you're going to run out of adjustment because uh, your sight's going to come down and get close enough to your arrow to where it becomes unsafe. So your your system will max itself out. But for just shooting targets, there's guys out there shooting 120, 130 yards. J- just targets. So it's not. This is not like out uh, live animals or anything no, like that. No, I have seen guys do it on you know actually harvest animals out you know 80, 90 yards, but I wouldn't take that shot. I, I had a couple clients. Uh, this was back in the day. Probably great guys. I actually saw one of them this past year, uh, five, six, seven years ago, and 
we they were hilarious. They would they they were just a great group of uh, they're all brothers and it's funny as hell. And we ended up um he goes out every year um to hunt out west. Mm-hmm. And we went to this one house and the guy had this he had this gun that I don't know if it had a scope or whatever the case was, but the distance he told me that it could shoot blew my mind. And it wasn't like a couple hundred feet. It was like thousands of feet am i wrong on that saying one Probably or two thousand yards or yards thousands of yards i have one set up that'll do that and um, i i i it just like didn't register that this thing could and still be accurate like and like oh yeah. how do you even see it and yeah. um the one guy that actually went back to his house and he does taxidermy and and he built this i sold him the house and i went back to meet him one day because i was out in um malone and absolutely beautiful and you walk in, and he's got all these like exotic animals that you can hunt. Because he said, like, if you go to Africa, you oh go, yeah, you start hunting like, like I look at zebras, I'm like, who hunts zebras? And he's like, right. he goes, you have to. He goes, the population is so out of whack out there. He goes, that that I mean, that's the whole purpose of hunting is to regulate the population of a lot of these animals because of predators and things like that. And there was a, some of these animals were absolutely amazing, just beautiful coats oh, yeah. on them. And uh, I mean, obviously the zebra because you can pick it out from a from anywhere but they had some other ones there's another striped animal um kudu maybe and it could be and there's a couple with a bunch of different like horns, horns. and stuff and one oh, was yeah. curled one were just straight up like this and um very, just extremely like amazing seeing these animals obviously not in person but you know oh yeah stuffed or whatever the proper term is for wildlife altogether and like you know the other thing is too i don't know if you've seen me a couple times now you'll see sometimes i'll wear the shirt says public landowner on it so i'm, I'm a bha member which is uh backcountry hunters and anglers um it's probably the best you know hunting and uh essentially keeping public lands in public hands if you will you know so i mean for people who don't hunt it's still an important organization it's bha bha backcountry hunters and anglers so where's that out of just locally missoula montana so what's what's the purpose of it just to keep public lands in public hands is 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 the pretty much uh the mission so not not state land no, or state land part of that state uh federal um you know they keep access to waterways and streams so that you know you can fish watersheds and um you know they protect so it's not getting commercialized and developed Is right that what you exactly. mean? yeah i mean not not necessarily commercialized and developed but just i mean just protect it all around like they were trying to do a uh i think it's in oregon right now their army was about ready to do like a, a mining i think it's a mining thing right near one of the largest spawning grounds for salmon and they're in the process of trying to stop them from doing it because it's going to destroy the population of fish in that area. And it's so you can hand it down to your kids so that the opportunity is still there for other people. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily just all about hunting. Like everybody thinks hunting is about harvesting, but it's that's only a quarter of what you do. So who, who got you into hunting? Your dad? Yeah. I mean, I, it was, I was raised in a hunting family up here at about 14, 14 years old. I started going to camp, you know participating I, I mean i have some friends that absolutely love i've never been um i love the food but, i hunt to eat yeah to i be honest well when i uh when i was a kid i used to go i mean not all the time but we go fishing that was one thing we yeah. did in the summer and i fly fish too yeah. do you, i've never done that but i i love fishing like i it, it was just like it was such a calming it's just relaxing and I, I mean it's not much more to it but there's i mean there's obviously some skill involved and i wasn't i was very novice but yeah it's still it's still kind of fun to go like float in the water and especially up here with short, summer so short yeah. um it's cool just to like you know go, go out and and either early in the morning sometimes late at night one of my favorite i remember doing this with a couple uh 
couple friends, I think it was, we were probably in high school or just out of high school and we went and tried to spearfish out in like, like, oh yeah, we had a spotlight, we were floating around, the water was no more than probably three or four feet deep and we were trying to uh, spearfish from the boat, which I probably, I don't know if it's legal or not, but we, uh, it was fun. It was like nine, 10 o'clock at night. You're just floating around in the bay and, and right, my uh, buddy does it all the time for, uh, he bow fishes for carp. Really? They, they have competitions actually. Carp's the bigger one, right? Yeah. They're it's pretty a big. bottom feeder. Essentially, yeah. you get them in like the shallows and stuff at night and they put these guys go to great lengths and put all these you know the lights on the front of the boat and they get big into it but i remember one time we were at i don't eat them so i wouldn't do it i was at my parents dock i remember looking down and this fish swam underneath the dock and low i mean low meaning like you could see the shadow but it was fairly low on the ground because lake champlain's not a very clear lake you know it's hard right. to see in so the water like this thing goes underneath the dock and I just remember, like, I, you know, we, we hunted a lot, like, northern pike and stuff like that. And it wasn't a bass. It wasn't a northern pike. I don't know what it was. It was pretty big. Because typically, in the water, they would look smaller, right, than when they are pulled out. Right, yeah. So this thing was massive in the water. And I, I didn't even want to know what it was. It was just, like, this long, almost, like, I mean, it wasn't, obviously, a shark. But you know what I mean? Like, it could have been a carp. Could have been a sturgeon. Could have been a sturgeon, yeah. Yeah. They're pretty I, big. It was. It was. It kind was, of creepy looking. Well, this was deep, deep down, obviously, I mean, I say dark fish, it's dark water, so I, who knows what color the fish actually was, but I just remember this thing kind of slowly kind of slithering, like, underneath the dock, and I just looked down, I was like, oh, I'm not going swimming right now. Like, I don't, I mean, obviously, it's probably not going to attack me, but, um, th- yeah, that, that, that was, that was probably the biggest, I, again, never caught it, never did anything, but it was, it was fairly big. Uh, we used to do bass, um, more of the smaller fish, you know, the one, right, little, yeah. like, you know, I think the a northern pike's probably the largest I've ever caught. With with help from other people to reel it in because I was young at the time I wasn't, but at high school we did a little bit of it. It was fun. Um, never hunting though. I think hunting, I think hunting would be fun. I just think time wise, I, I don't think I'd be. It's a lot of time. Well, my thing is I wouldn't want to again, Craig DeBoos. I wouldn't want to prioritize that because I enjoy other stuff and it's just time in the day. It's like, do you golf? I do. Actually, I just started again. So. That was something I grew up doing with my grandfather as well. You know, um, he retired. I was probably uh, nine or so, and every day he would go to the golf course and work. I would work with him. Which course? Barracks. Okay. And then we would golf the next day. So we would work one day, we'd golf the next day, and I learned a lot about the course. I learned mm-hmm. a lot about the sport. I made the varsity golf team when I was in eighth grade. And you played all the way through? I didn't. I didn't. I continued to play afterwards. I played, I think, three years, I think. Do you, I mean, you still play, like, regularly or just no, occasionally? No, I just touch my clubs after a seven-year hiatus, essentially. Oh, I, really? Probably five years, actually. So I took it serious. That's about right. Seven your daughter was ago. born? Five years ago, I played for Buddy of Mine's bachelor party for his wedding. And that was the last time I touched him. I've, I've tried to go a few times. Um, man, I used to play a lot. And the one thing that frustrates me is when I stopped playing... I was probably probably 19. So it's been about 10 years that I really got out of it. Like I was playing like all the time. Yep. And it's to the point now where like the club feels foreign to me at times. Meaning like I can hold it, but like the swing is just not. I'm, I'm a little like, I'm definitely bigger. If people can believe this, I'm bigger and stronger than I was back then. I was like 150 pounds, you know, right. max. And I was much, a lot, a lot weaker but the good thing about that in golf, I could turn and my speed was just yeah. as good. Power um, comes from the swing, right? Yeah, and, and, and everything was 
Yeah, and I was just more fluid on all my swings. Now I'm a lot more jerky and 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 not not as good. But the thing that I I always get is I was probably I think the lowest I got down to was a six handicap. Okay. Or something like it was fairly good. My average score was between seventy five and eighty almost every time. Like I I I I had a couple low seventies, but nothing not consistently. So I was always probably four or five over par it was kind of an average round for me now like i hit 90 the other day and i was happy of course she had some drops she had some miss putts, oh, yeah. she had some shanks here and there but i always look at it like man if i would have just stayed 10 more years because i've gotten i play way smarter now than i did 10 years ago oh, absolutely yeah you're trying to kill every ball back then yeah probably. and uh i'm like i Make wish i wish i would have kept playing because i think right now i would be a pretty damn good player if i would have kept going over 10 years but just I prioritize different things, and now, now with kids, it's like we're trying to tee off by six, so we're done by ten, home by ten thirty, kind of deal. Right. Um, you know, so we're not taking up majority of the day. And remember when I was a kid, my dad used to do the same thing, and I was, I was like, man, why, why are you going so early? Um, well, part of it was I, I get it now. Like you try to go play, get out of the way. I say get out of the way. Like you don't want to try to rush through it, but you want to get back to spend time with the family, absolutely, yes. and still have the fun of, of playing. It's still the balance, right? Family balance. Yeah, and and. So there's not a lot of things that I, like I said, I try to I try to balance my social life and work life together, mm-hmm. and usually beyond that, I'm doing something with the family. So like a lot of people are like, oh, come do this on weekend or blah blah blah. I'm like, ah, I, I got stuff. Like it's, it's I know it's not going to happen. I kick on. Did it? Feels good though. Oh, I should have turned it down. That that thing I wanted to turn on this morning, I never did. I like I I was like I'm going to do it, going to do it, totally spaced out, and, and there it goes. It does feel good. Um, uh, the, the air conditioner just popped on. Um, no, no, that's great. Did you, uh, when did you, like you said five years ago you stopped playing, or seven years ago you stopped playing? Seven years ago I probably stopped. I played five years ago for my buddy's wedding. Gotcha. And then, uh, yeah, I used to play pretty regularly before that. Um, that's pretty dedicated. Um, so now you and Katie are both on, and where did Katie go to school? She was, she was same, same, okay. yep, same as me. Um so when obviously you and Katie now you're uh, on the board, but eighty KYP. Wh- when did you guys start going to that? That was fairly recent, right? I'd say probably five months ago, maybe four or five months ago. I how'd, think. How'd you guys get into that? You know, I think I started going to the chamber events first, or maybe not. Yeah, I did start going to the chamber events first, um, and then we work got kind of busy there for a little while, and then we were like. Hey, I really like the uh, the networking event that we saw, and I was like, "Let's go do it." It was over at Valcor, and for Matt the had told 80K? Me about it. Yeah, Matt yeah. Had told me about it, and I was like, "Okay." So I, I stopped over there, and it was uh, in speed dating fashion, networking, elevator pitch, cover these three topics, oh, and keep it moving. Right. You were there. And that, we, oh, we didn't actually, it. I lied. That is the first that time I met you. Met you. Yep. The first time I talked to you though was I think at. Um, Plasper Group Company. We said hi goodbye that night. Yeah, it was I was like, hey, I, we didn't get a chance to connect. I think you were probably the only person time. I didn't talk to. Of course, I was running around like, I don't know, I'm a yeah. crazy person. So, yeah, we were just, you know, doing our thing. And, um, you know, it was good. It was like, it was like a forced networking event, if you will. But uh, it's, nice to, it's nice to make connections with people, you know. Yeah. I don't make a connection saying, hey, I hope business comes from this. I yeah. just, I try to build a relationship. And uh, when the need arises, we're here. That, that's, that's, actually we, we discussed that today me and ellie on on a realty talk like that that we're talking about networking my thing is you have to i don't like asking for business from people and i don't want to 
I want people to come to me because they like me or want to use me or think I'm knowledgeable or whatever the case may be. But when they come to me, I already have a better shot at, because they already have a good feeling when they come to me. So if somebody comes to me and knows me, we're already at a better relationship because I've gotten over, I've gotten past the trust thing. Like they trust me. Now I can just do my job and do it well. Where, you know, sometimes if you go up to people and you've never met them before, you're first off, you're trying to like, you know, get them to like you and then provide the service. So you're almost trying to, you get to skip a step a little bit and they know you more. Like you guys know me. I'm like, I'm like crazy, you know, like at some of these events, but Obviously, you're on the podcast, so you like me enough that you don't think I'm that crazy. But you actually know, like the real me. It's not like I'm going all stiff and being like, "Oh, send me business," and I'm different than you see me there versus you see me now versus right. see me on the weekends or whatever. So I try to be very um, authentic in everything that I do, and I think that comes across people. Absolutely. Like, so I think if you're authentic, because there's a lot of people in that group are authentic. I very rarely find like the people that you see there are trying to put on a show or trying to put on like a, a, a face to try to get business or to come across more professional me six seven years ago i would have done that because i would have been scared shitless but now yeah I, I know a lot of people in business like that they will put on a front or put up the blinders however you want to look at it but a lot of people do that when they're a correction officer too because they're not really that wired to do the job well, they're, they're trying to play the part trying to play to, the yeah. part yeah but it's all about transparency i think like yeah if you're just transparent like i'm i'm currently like updating our website and i was thinking about like keeping keeping some stuff out of it, but you know, we're family owned, family operated. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to you know, be as transparent as possible. People have to build trust. We got to be in their homes and their businesses. I yeah. want them to know who we are, where we came from. Well, that's the same. Like, um, I mean, us with hiring, like I, we had a kid today and, and he reached out to me about, um, joining us and doing real estate. And so I told him, Hey, sure. You know, swing, swing by, say, get a hold of me when you're back in town, which he did. He came here, nice kid. And I was the same thing. I, it was like a, I guess like a job interview kind of thing, but I talked 80% of the time because I'm more of like, I I will pretty much take on, my philosophy is I'll, as long as you seem semi-decent, yeah. I'm willing to give you a shot, meaning I don't want to judge a book or you know judge a book by its cover kind of thing. Right. So I'm willing to give anybody a shot if you want to get into it. So I literally almost read them the Real Estate Riot Act as like, this is it's hard like don't let don't ever come into a real estate position to get a job or to to become a realtor and if somebody's telling you it's easy they're lying to you because it's not and and uh so this kid came and i just talked but but we talk about transparency like ellie was there and and i'm saying all this stuff like as as point blank as you could say i'm not holding anything back i'm telling them all basically i'm trying not, not to scare the kid off but i'm i'm being very realistic like right. Yeah. Like don't don't waste any don't waste your time don't waste my time if this is gonna be something that's a little out of your comfort zone he was like no I want, really want to do it I'm like okay perfect you're right, right. like I right. like text me tomorrow or next week and we'll get together and you'll start shadowing me while you're finishing up your course and I'm totally good and then I had him come in here and he's listening to the podcast and everything else like I'm like my thing like transparency like I want you to see what we're doing first before you commit and say you want to work with us and all of a sudden he's like yeah I like you guys I'm like okay let's do it. let's roll that's and, like. I don't know. I kind of want to go down that road with the with the cleaning business. In the beginning, I was kind of, I had my uh, my defense up, if you will, because I was like, hey, you know, if I get out there and start doing the Monday minutes, I'm going to start educating my competition mm -hmm. in this segment. But at the same time, have you been doing that? Because I've seen a couple I, things you've posted. I haven't done the Monday minutes yet where I've jumped out there and actually, you know, 100%, you know, went and give somebody instruction or mm -hmm. advice as to 
why and how to hire a cleaner or in what situations, what do you expect when you hire a professional cleaning service versus, you know, my, my, like I've told you before, nobody in your space is doing it right now. Yeah. At least locally. Right. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing right now with real estate. There's nobody in real estate that's doing what I'm doing. There's some people that do stuff, but I mean, I'm very confident that my stuff's better and I, you know, and I'll put it up against anybody that I just, I know I'm coming from a good place and giving out good information. My thing is realty talk. I literally say everything that I believe and I'm, I've been doing this for nine years and I've, you know, gotten better and better and better. And I don't care if people like my, like as a competition, like if other realtors want to listen to it, that's great. I, and I, a lot of them have said they've listened to it. I've had multiple people to tell me they've listened to the podcast. That's totally fine. I post stuff online, information, they can use it. This, right. this is how I, this is what I do when I go list a home. This is what I say. This is what you should, I've reached out to, I've DM'd agents on Instagram and said, Hey, I like what you're doing. Keep it up. I've DM'd agents on Instagram and said, try changing this up. Hey, don't do that. Cause do this. Right. It's the better way to do it. Like I'm not literally, I'm not like nothing out of it. I'm just saying, Hey man, if you're trying to get better at Instagram, try changing this thing up or try doing this. That's the thing is like, it's like you got to take the leap, right? So like you're going to have your subjective opinion out there, Mm -hmm. but yet you've learned already from the mistakes. Yeah. And these, some of these are newer agents. Some of them are new, not newer agents, but are new to social platforms. I've been doing this stuff for five years now. Like I'm very confident in a lot of these things, but yeah. it, like to me, I'm not looking at it as me giving information to another another realtor is me giving away industry secrets. Right. Like I I don't like to me. Part of it is I'll, I'll give you information because I want you to do like better. Like I don't care. Like I'm good. Like I'm I'm gonna you know keep my because my thing is no matter what I give information wise, you have to be willing to do it and you have to be willing to do it better than me and you have to be more consistent and you have to work harder at it exactly find find me someone that hits all that together and it's very tough very small pool of players so my thing is if you get information out and this that's why i give information to clients i had a listing on on sunday the lady literally said i follow you on social media and i told my husband i want you to list our home i said perfect and then there i was sitting in their their kitchen doing a listing appointment they never would have had that that's what you shared this morning i think so i think so it's a nice house I think, yeah, I, th- I think it was. I'm trying to think what I did today. Yeah, maybe Busy it was. Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Life. Um, the uh, but it was the idea that like you got for like you guys giving away industry industry secrets again. You you would have to find a company that'd be willing to do it or do it better or outwork you at it. That's then the other thing, thing is most like if I saw you on the, on doing a video about how clean you can make a window. And I know I can't do it and you're using some funky technique. One thing, I'm probably not going to go out and buy the same chemicals and the same material. I don't want to take the time to do it. I'm just like, no, you might have, there will be some people that will copy it and do it on their own. And at of the end of the day, not. who cares? Like, there's a lot of bucket bobs out there, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, there's, window cleaning is one of those like. Uh, I mean, I Windex it and I use paper yeah. towel. So you yeah. can see it's like. It's a quick startup though. I mean, some guys will go out there and buy a squeegee and. Uh, you know, a little bit of Dawn dish soap and they think they're a window cleaner, but they're just a window washer. They spread the dirt around. <laughs> so yeah. And that's, there's, a, there's a whole lot of technique that goes in there to get, to get a good finished product. Yeah. And, and I think and it's the smallest little thing you wouldn't even believe. Like it's just how you hold the towel when you're done. Yeah. You know, do you touch the window to, to, you know, do you touch a towel to the window when you're cleaning the window? 
Like, I, I would think no. No, you don't. You don't want to, right? So you just want to. There's a little bit of residual water left. You want to just mitigate that. But if you hit the window frame and it's oxidized, now you have a streak on your window. So you don't have to handle that problem. It's all about. It's a delicacy, actually. But see, like what you just said over that like ten seconds is about like. I'm like, what? Well, Most consumers yeah. wouldn't care, honestly. They just want a clean window. Yeah. So, like, I'm just going to be informative and just but, start but I doing think, some I think if you, minutes. I think if you get informative and you tell people, they're going to finally... This is what I do. When I put information out, it's for the sole purpose that people will now look at me as the expert for all things real estate, which has allowed me over five years to gain a pretty big audience of people that follow what I do. And I've gotten a lot of business from it. And it's not, hey, come use me. It's literally like, I'm going to give you all this free information. Here's what to do. Here's how to stage your home. Here's what to prep your home for. Hey, if you're selling your home by yourself, this is what I would do. If you didn't want to use an agent, I will tell you how to sell your home. You're right. probably not going to do it. So you'll call me. But like, it's the exactly. idea that. This yeah, is my number in case you want me. Yeah, exactly. Like when you probably don't pull it off. Give me, But it, it's it's the idea that if you can give information away, people are going to say, okay, that's the guy I want. He's got so much information. He's, he's, I, I like him. I, I, now I'm getting the trust factor. And I think if, if you guys can do that from a, a cleaning standpoint, even just say hey, before and after carpets, before and after walls, you know, yeah. this is what we do on. Our job's very visible. Exactly. Honestly. This is what we do on different, um, you know, upholstery of, di- of different furniture, um, you know, windowsills. I mean, just cleaning. Like, I, I go around and you just like, I think you had sent me a photo of just like sweeping something and you showing the difference. Yeah. Just um, like, and honestly, it was probably like the whole wood color and the, and the paint color was totally different. But like the, the idea that just like taking off that made such a difference. It like brightened up. Like you took, you literally looked like a different shade because you just took dirt off of it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And it, it's amazing how, and of course, could I have gotten a bucket and made it look decent? Yes. I could have probably have gotten it to about 70% of what you did. But it's it's the extra mile that like makes such a good difference. Like anything else, like right. There's a reason why a lot of people can sing, but not yeah. not, not everybody is a multi platinum Grammy award winning artist. There's a right. difference between even if it's just a little bit more. That little bit more makes a huge difference. So like I was, it was kind of funny you say that because I was looking at like the whole like package of what what a cleaning service offers and. You sit down and you're like, hey, yeah, anybody can go out and buy a Shark Vacuum or a Dyson. They're mm-hmm. very popular, right? Or you can buy the best off-the-counter chemicals. But it's the experience doing it with the best equipment and chemicals we can find that makes the package valuable. And it's the efficiency is what we work at. So like, rather than fighting with less than ideal equipment and chemicals or stuff like that, you just you let it come full circle and it's just it's efficient. It saves customers time you know just well stuff you see too like if i just have a house you've seen you know thousands of windows you know what i mean yeah so so then it's like okay and they're dirty yeah yeah and it's like i know how to okay i've done this multiple 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 times that's like when i go to a listing appointment and we have to discuss price i've done that hundreds of times value of clean i'm sure did you guys does that does that hit your your table at all like the value of clean like when you have people coming to view the home if these windows yeah, oh. were like this or if they were super oxidized, well, what that'll do for a Yes and no, in a because that, no, because I don't have that knowledge. Meaning like that would be something like I would I'll probably have to sit down with you and Katie and you can give me like the the Cliff Notes version or the rundown about this stuff. But like to me, I've had people with, they've had vacant homes. Hey, get, get like someone professional to come in and clean because when someone comes in, it's just dirty. Buyers buy on psychology and emotion. Of course. 
And what they do is they'll buy, they'll want to buy it, then they have to justify it with the price. Does it make sense? And some people are heartbroken when they can't pay for what they want. But the idea is that if you can go make a house look a little bit, I mean, a little bit, but yeah, I guess even a little bit cleaner. Right. It, what happens is it smells better, it looks better, all the little crevices are gone. When someone looks at that house, you could take a house that's 50, 60 years old, spruce it right up. Someone walks in and like, oh my God, this is amazing. We want this house. Right. Now, a week later, it could be all dusty again and dirty, but you, you, you did what you wanted to accomplish when they walked through the house at the time of the showing. So... A lot of stuff in real estate by, like you said, cleaning, like shampooing the carpets and wiping down everything and cleaning odors, yeah, cleaning the odors, cleaning the bathrooms. When someone walks into a new house that looks like that, or I shouldn't say new house, but a house has been cleaned, it, it feels like a newer home. Right. And I 100%, like if you guys went through a house and said, we charge X, you're going to make X times 20, probably on whatever number you give them. You know, oh, absolutely. And, yeah, the return and, on the investment or 50 is crazy. or whatever yeah. the numbers are. I'm just kind of throwing random numbers out without doing the math. But it, the idea is that you guys, and I've been thinking about that from a standpoint of, like one of my main things when I go to a house, you can talk all this marketing, all this funky stuff. Like yeah. at the end of the day, if somebody's truly looking for your home, they'll find it. And that they will get in. And yes, there's certain things we do in certain places we put ads to get in front of more people that would want to purchase the property. But at the end of the day, marketing only gets them through the door. The actual sales to me, like someone actually purchasing the property has to physically go look at it. They have to have some type of want for that property. That could mean, now could it mean the house is kind of crappy, but it's next to family? 100%. Most of the time, though, that people go look at a house, they go in, they like the pictures, they like the location, they walk in. That's when the real selling begins because people are, at that point, literally walking through the house. They're seeing not a photo. They're seeing it up close and personal. Photos can hide a lot of stuff. Oh, so yeah, they can. So, if you go, I mean, you can't see dust in a photo. No. So. I stopped doing estimates over photos. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. Yeah. yeah. Like, because people will be like, hey, can you give me a quick estimate on this? And they want that instant number. Mm-hmm. People want that. And it's like, I, I have to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell. Yeah, well, I mean, videos—they're uh, great, but they don't show everything either. No, and and I think the the idea that you can you can pretty much up the value of a property by putting pen, basically pennies on the dollar to clean it yeah. is huge. I think everybody that lists their home should have someone like you come in and clean it, even, especially if it's vacant. Because well, vacant, hundred percent. But even even if we know it's a fairly good house, and we're like, yeah. ah, this could go, get it professionally cleaned, like. I'll meet with you today, right after or tomorrow, get it clean. I'll put it on two days from now. You know, we'll, we'll get it. you know it. you have a showing coming, a uh, company like we own, you know, I mean, if we could have you on the schedule, like if you knew you had a showing at this time, mm-hmm. we could be in there 30 minutes yeah. before people show up and just spruce it up spruce and it up. get some odors out and things like that. It, it's, I think it's, I think it's powerful. I think cleaning is very powerful. Uh, the two things I tell, or I say, I'll say three is... I'll say four as things start popping in my head. The the uh, the first one is usually landscaping. Oh, absolutely. Which yeah. you can again curb appeal. You could hire a professional, look a heck of a lot better. Most people are like, well, what can I do? I'm like, you can buy mulch. You can get some pavers and stuff, and kind of spruce up the outside to make a you know jump out a little bit. Um, cleaning is one, obviously. Yeah. Um, painting. So getting in and just painting some rooms and and putting a fresh coat of paint goes a long ways. And then the other thing is just all the little knickknacks, you know, the the beat up trim from the dogs or the kids running yeah. into the corners of houses or, you know, some spackling on the walls. 
like fix the minor things up, which might take you a weekend to do, and a, maybe a couple hundred bucks tops. Yeah, details, man. It's all about the details. But it goes so because if somebody sees like a little ding on the wall or a little, you know, a piece of trim hanging off the wall that's now not looking. Well, now it's like, what else is wrong with the house? Yeah, They've neglected yeah. that. What have they neglected? Where if everything's just like like it should be, and you walk through it, all of a sudden they, they get this instant, oh, this is a nice home. Like, no, they just, I mean, you should have seen it a week ago. They just patched up all the little odds and ends that have been, and they cleaned the house and all this stuff. I mean, the house is totally fine, but they they up the value very fast because they took the time to do a little bit of, of uh, due diligence on their part. Right, yeah, and that's, I mean... It can be awesome. I mean, when you walk into a building and it's, you know, got a fresh coat of paint and beautiful woodworks are still intact and they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Solid. I mean, what's not to like, honestly? No, 100%. Like I think this I, building here, you're in, you know. I love this building. They don't do craftsmanship like that anymore. No, well, I'm never going to touch. Well, do you know much about wood like that? Yeah. Like, how, how would you, how would you protect that without changing without damaging the wood like obviously paintings to me is stupid you'd never paint right. them the 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 uh um what the hell is that called the sill not the windows what's what's that the trim on the bottom on the trim uh, not i guess oh, you're, trim, talking but the, you're talking about this the, the sill yeah yeah like that that was painted which blows my mind when someone painted that yeah i would have been crying the whole time somebody painted that <laughs> i know and like that would have been beautiful wood yeah now the trim's like that so you know when, when we get this place all painted and done up. Chemically gonna... stripped that, probably. You think so? Uh, you probably could. Yeah, but I don't. I'm, I'm always nervous, like the windows, like that. But it, I mean, I do you put though. like some kind of oil on it? Do you put some kind of just to protect us right here? That's would what... to kind of like bring the color back out? Yeah, I would. I would put like a you know Danish oil in it, or possibly even you know like just like a natural oil. I wouldn't put anything like poly on it or anything like that. Well, wanted what I want? Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking too, is you get some kind of, someone said like, um, what the hell was it? It's a type of oil. There's a couple different types. There's like uh, Danish uh, tongue oil. There's Australian oil. Australian um, Australian wood oil. It's like Cabot. It's like a natural uh, natural oil. I would use just like a Danish oil. But what would that do? Would that, would, that, would that bring the color back out, the it's natural gonna, color? It, yeah. Because I don't want to distort it and make it like stain it a different color. No, no. That's not going to do that. I mean, you just want to. You know, just protect it. You know, you, you're going to impregnate it with oil, so it's naturally going to get darker for a period of time, but it'll come back, you know, just because it, it, it does look like it's been just dry for a while. Well, it's kind of faded out a little bit, especially like the corners. You see like kind of the sun kind of creeps in on the side. There's so much wood here. Like these door, I don't know how old these doors are. I mean, these seem pretty solid though. Oh yeah. I don't know. I doubt they're original, but I'm sure they're... They're still a nice quality solid door though. Oh yeah. I you mean, know, I wouldn't touch wood. any of the doors. No. And that, that door frame right there is beautiful. I mean, you can see what they, they painted this one here on you compared to the... I know, I know. I, I don't understand. Who it's would, definitely a hard one, too. I wonder when that would have been painted because, like, who, who would paint... It blows my mind that someone would paint natural wood. Yeah. Like, I was just going to paint, like, a solid color. I've like, seen my, my friends and family do it. That would, blows my mind because they don't understand, like, if that's... If I would have had to guess, I would say that's probably a type of oak. If I, just, just me guessing just because of grains of the wood. But... If they understood the cost of that. Can you sand that off? Like, how does that? I've seen people chemically do it with like a putty knife and chemical stripper. And then you just lightly sand it. And this guy it damaged the wood though. It has to. has to. There's no way you can like even chip it away. I mean, you're just going to scrape it, scratch it. And then yeah. it's going to look like, I don't know. I, I don't trust I've it. I've seen people chemically strip it and you steal wool just to, you know, 
finish getting it Man, off. I don't, I don't know. I, I make me nervous. I got a, my house is floors wood. are easier, you know, floors. Yeah. You gotta, you sand that off, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure these, these floors are beautiful at one time. I mean, they're still very nice, but they're yeah, really awesome. What is that? Is that Oak maple? Probably is. It's a hardwood for sure. They usually do. Yeah. It's hardwoods on the floor. Have you ever used walnut? No, but it's beautiful. That's, you can find it. We're, uh, we're working on that. We're working Cherry, on Cherry too. Cherry's good. I actually have a, it's kind the of, the problem is that a cherry's too red from what I want. Yes. It so is. we're going to go red, with a, yeah. with a darker, like the, I love the look of walnut. I just think it has a pretty, pretty, uh, coat to it or tech coat. Well, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. Right behind my house right now, there's a, uh, the sawmill, my wife's father and brother own. Which one is it? It's not like a public sawmill. I mean, oh, it's, uh, um, they have walnut. No, he does. He, he's got pine cedar. Um, he does sell it. My wife's brother just sells but, wood or sells walnut. He sells wood, but no, uh, probably what is it? Um, uh, Saranac Hollow Wood Specialties, or what is that? Saranac Hardwood. Saranac Hardwood. That's where we went up. They have it. Yeah, oh yeah. They, he has Brazilian. He's got everything you want up there. That, that guy, guy's got a ton. He's got some stuff up there. We, we went up. Uh, this is me and uh, uh, Ryan, yeah. obviously. And, and uh, we went to this guy's sawmill. Kind of a private sawmill, too, up in Saranac. Yeah, yeah. He's got a really nice... A lot of finished carpenters know that guy very well. Well, well <laughs> then we came and went to him after. Cause I, and, and the funny thing is... Oh, I did you go to Bloomingdale Wood Specialties up? way up i couldn't even tell you to be honest i don't know where it was it was farther up route three we took, we took hung a right farther up route three yeah probably across from like pup hill hard scrabble out that way okay yep i know where you're at. i don't remember the name of it but i know where you're talking just about. like a private yep. a little private shop so we went up to and within the week i had driven by to go to a showing and i drove by this thing and i'm like you freaked me out jordy because you like walked and there was a shadow just moving. I saw, that's all I saw was a shadow. I was, I was like, like what, what the hell? Um, so we went up there and it had, it, I saw it and I told Ryan, I'm like, let's go up. And we went in there. It was He was super nice and he wasn't working that day and he came out. And the amount of different styles of wood that guy has. Yeah, he's got, he's got wood do, do, he must in, Does he import it? He has to. I mean, Brazilian, right? That's, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, where do you get Brazilian <laughs> whatever? Wood? There was like three different Brazilian kind of woods. So, Part of it, I wanted it. to buy it because I never heard the name before. I'm like, this right. is pretty cool. So I'm actually, I'm going up there for my a couple of my mounts just to use as like, you know, backers on the yep. mount, if you will. But that guy has everything you could ever want. It was it was a really cool shop. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so I think Ryan called him the other day because at the time he was showing us all the, the two inch. So we're going to have to probably plane it down a little bit. But we... Uh, you going solid? Or is he gonna like uh, no for joinery? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. We couldn't. I mean, we couldn't find. We actually looked at solid pieces of pine. Oh man, it was nice, but we would have. There was no. We want to make it was gonna be four feet wide. Like we've never. They weren't four feet. They were all. You know, you're probably talking eighteen to twenty. You're gonna have some inches. joinery involved, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And th- those those were all like true like live edge so by the time you, you started cutting them down in the boards yep. it wouldn't have made any sense um live edge looks cool but i don't know how practical it is for a work environment i i if it's live edge where you have the bark on the end i don't like it all because it's not an, i do but i like it like in a lodge up in like lake placid right. i don't want it here the other thing is on the edge if you take a live edge but it's sanded down i do like the look but I like a look of like, because we're doing like the conference table. I like the look of just clean lines on the table. Yeah, me too. Like versus I, yeah. versus having a little bit of a curvature because when you're working, I don't want to have like indents in the like, yeah, if, if it's a kitchen like, table or kind of like a, yeah, like a bar stool maybe. But I, yeah, I want to keep it very functional. Um, but that, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to doing that. He is too because he's never really done. 
He's done some, like, obviously the Adirondack chairs and stuff. But I'm the, excited to see what comes out of this that. This will be a little problem. Well, I mean, it's going to be 99% him and 1% me. I'm going to learn, though, as I go. You cold, Jordy? No. Oh, okay. Are you going to say something? No. No. Jordan's here, everybody. Um, what did you do this weekend, Jordy? You did what? I did some work for you. Oh, oh. Are your parents gone right now? Yeah, they left yesterday. For baseball? Yeah. Oh, your your thing's over there. Oh, no, it's right there under the passport. Look down. Oh. Yeah, that's yours. Are you bringing the passport with you? Yeah. Okay. It should all be on there. I deleted a bunch of stuff today that Jordan was supposed to have, and then she, she chewed me out about it. <laughs> I, it. But it was on my computer, but I had, like, I, I had less than a gigabyte of space on my computer. I deleted all those, and I now have 42 gigs open. Did you put them on the passport? No, I put them in the garbage. You didn't even put them on the passport? No, I told you that. Why not? Because I, I, I pulled them out of... They weren't even on there, Jordy. They were on Creative Cloud, no? No, I didn't put them off Creative Cloud. I don't think so. I pulled them off of uh, like downloads or something. All, all the, most of those videos we had already posted. Jordy's getting very feisty right now. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like it. Very feisty. This is a very hostile work environment. I gotta work. I gotta listen to Jordy yell at me all day long. So, um, awesome. no, but uh, where I was going with that was I had this little. Uh, we, me and Kate first got our first apartment together, and we went down to like Bushy's used furniture or something. Yeah. Like that. Yep. So I went down there and I snagged like a it's a coffee table. We needed one for the apartment. So here I am, young kid moving out first time. I get this uh, coffee table and I bring it home and. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna refinish this. So I go start stripping this thing down. I strip it down completely. It ends up being like oak and cherry mixed. Really? Yeah, it's still in my living room today. You mean it was joined oak, oak and cherry? Yeah, it was, it was 100%. I, I scored this thing. It looked like it was dragged down the road behind a truck when I picked it out. This was like $14 table, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've been offered like over 160 bucks for it a couple you times. You still have it? Yeah, it's still in, right in the middle of my living room. And has a live edge on it too? No, it's it's actually a routered edge. It's nice. It's oh, really? Old, old style table. You know, but it's just no. I, I think super nice wood quality on it. I used to do uh, woodworking back in high, like high school, junior high, high school, and I loved it. And then I got out of it because I couldn't fill it and put it in the schedule. And I got it's I, time consuming. It is, but it, it's I. Part of me is like I like stuff that keeps my mind like simple. Yeah. Meaning, like mowing the lawn yesterday. It's another thing, time wise. My my son rides with me on the right yeah. before I have to push around. So like to me, I love it. Like I I would. I wish I had twice a lawn just so I get to hang out with him. But um, but it's just one of those deals. Like it's still kind of a calming. Like it's kind of a pain in the butt when you get started. But at a certain point, you just kind of like get you relax and you just kind of go. And it's nice to let your mind just wander. And you're out in the sun, and it's nice, especially especially right now with like look, not a lot of summer or long summers and stuff. So it's fun. But um, woodworking, hopefully, because I have a wood shop in my basement. You do have one. I bought it when I bought the house. The previous owner. I had a very good wood shop down there, and he was a pretty. He was, he was. He showed us some of the stuff he made. He was pretty good. Was he? Yeah, he he was. Um, he made a lot of cabinets and stuff. He matched a lot of their cabinets from what he had before, and like to the point where you would have thought he bought it off of from a manufacturer. Like it was beautiful. Gotcha. Um, and he made a lot of other cool things too throughout the house, like dressers and and um, chests and things. And he had this wood shop. It was beautiful, and he left me a couple 
um, saws and I've added a few things to it, but I just haven't really gotten into actually using anything, which I, I have to. It's just I'm kind of working on this project first, kind of getting a couple things figured out and then I'll probably open, really open up shop. I'm really excited what comes to that. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. I, we're, be awesome. we're, uh, I don't know how long it will take us. I think we're projection is sub two months is our goal. Yeah. Which I think would be good. What time? Because we're going to be doing it like on weekends or like evenings or something because it's not right. going to be too often. We both we both have uh, stuff going on but no, Ryan's nice enough to help me out on that so that'll be fun. Um, so, uh, what do you guys, like I said, for the cleaning business, have, is this something, I mean, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to, but are you, um, you know, planning on expanding? Are you planning on, because you talked about, you know, potentially bringing on more people to kind of scale a little bit? It, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're, we're as we uh, continue to get more contracts, we're just going to grow with them, essentially. So, um, there's demand in both markets, you know, residential and commercial. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other demands, specialty demands we talked about, windows. Um, floor refinishing, hardwood floor refinishing. There's not a lot of people in the area doing it. There's mm-hmm. a couple guys, but I mean, there's always there's always needs. You know, there's there's other roads you can take. Essentially, you know, restorative cleaning is an option. Uh, property management's a possibility. Um, you can always sell paper products or supplies. There's a lot of people doing that right now. It's what, a little bit saturated, but what what's what's your um? Yeah, well, that's one thing. Like the the paper products with the with the cleaning yeah there was a there was a big debacle with that i think like so wb mason had this like a little bit of falling out and there's just like people kind of went everywhere for a little while Mm -hmm. so it was hard you know finding a supplier that was sturdy for a little while there the other the other day so they do pretty good by us so far you know we we use wb quite a bit so we use a lot of local suppliers we use mac janitorial well so wb we, we met we met a bunch of the guys at the business expo, mm-hmm. and there was like fifty of them. Well, probably not fifty, but it felt like fifty. There was a, they were out in force that day. Yeah, which one? Tyler, are you talking to Tyler. Tyler was one of them. Tyler, yeah, he he took over for Josh when Josh left. Do you know Tyler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Tyler, we met him. Nice, nice kid. So we ended up going to because we just got the office and we had a lot of space to fill and we needed stuff. Um, Nicole needs some stuff. We needed a conference chairs and all this. So we ended up going to their like warehouse clearance sale or whatever, which happened a few weeks back. Oh yeah. Perfect timing. <laughs> so it really was. We went in, we got Nicole's got a whole setup, it looks great. We got a conference room, all the chairs, they loaned us the table. We got a few other things, so everything's cool. And so they come to deliver it the other day. And Tyler comes, another guy comes, and they're moving stuff in and super nice guys and, and we're chit chatting and he's like, Hey, sorry man, the owner's texting me. And I'm like, okay, not a big deal. Like, if you guys take it back to the office, not like you can. He goes, no, no, no. Like, the, like the owner's texting me, of W. B. Mason, not like of Plattsburgh, but like the head head honcho. And I'm like, have you met him before? No, I've never met him. And I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of odd. He's yeah, he's in Plattsburgh today. And he's like, hey, he's really cool. I'm like, okay. And I think it's kind of like cool that the head top, like yeah. top owner of this company. It's a big company. Yeah. So I'm like, well, he's like, yeah, we'll get you some other stuff if you guys want. I said, well, just give us your, you know, give us your quote book and things like that. I'm sure we can, you know, figure something out. And um, so about an hour and a half later, one of the other WB guys comes walking in and this older guy comes in. I say older, he's probably about 60. It's the owner of WB Mason. So he comes up, he's from Boston. He's talking to us. He's got a little, you know, he's got a Boston accent and, and he tells us the story and I'm like, wait, wait, like the owner, he goes, yeah, he goes, he starts chit chatting. He goes, my whoever great 
I think his great grandfather, I think it's his great grandfather, started the business or great great grandfather. So they're like in their fourth, I think fourth generation of this company. And he, he was telling the history of it, which is really cool. So he ends up saying, uh, he's like, yeah, so we, we you know, passed a million in sales. Then we passed 25 million. And he goes, he goes in 2000, I think he said last year or two, whatever the year was, he goes, we passed 1 billion. And he goes, now he goes, I think, I think he said next year we're on pace to pass $2 billion in sales, which is insane. And the guy's like standing there right in front of me. He talked to us for like, not, not exaggerating, not like, oh, now he talked to us for a solid 20, 25 minutes. Great guy. And he was talking about all the stuff he did. And then, um, of course, gave him a Kavanaugh shirt. And oh, yeah, uh, of course, yeah, of course. And um, he's like, man, and he goes, I'm a, I'm a, I run a lot out, out near Boston. I'll totally wear it. So I guess he comes up here. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to get him on the podcast. He's probably Irish. He is. Yep. Yeah. He's actually marrying a woman from Ireland. There you go. Yeah, very cool. Boston. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They're all, all very thick, thick you accent. Seen, you ever seen my hat I wear? Yes, I have. Boston Scally Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should totally wear Are one. You Irish? Yeah. I should wear one. Yeah. We have one for my son. No, I mean it goes with the it goes with the logo. I I, I know I, do, I actually do have one of those <laughs> you know hats. I, mean? I bought one when we went to Ireland. I bought a it was a, a cashmere one. You've um, been? Uh, twice, yeah. And it's have you ever been? No. It's planning to incredible. If you I I love it. If I had if you had to tell me right now like go to one place, I'd go to Ireland again. Like really? again, yeah, I loved it. it um, just like what's well, my kind of like my weather that's one thing like i don't want to go to like a beach or a sandy place and it's hot yeah. like i want to go to ireland i don't mind the rain i don't mind the overcast like i saw the sign the other day i don't like heat all that much either no humidity kills me um i said this on the last last podcast but it's worth repeating i saw this sign the other day where it said pubs the irish sunscreen which basically is like that's my jam like if it's sunny out i'll go into an irish pub and yeah have a little bite to eat and a couple of drinks and i'm good to go so um but yeah if you guys can ever get a chance to go to ireland that's if anybody can, it's it's amazing. It's such a it's such a fun country, um, beautiful landscape. Yeah, the people are so nice. Amazing man. Um, the food's great. Everything's green. Drinks great. Everything is green. I think they say it's forty shades of green, and there's probably like four hundred shades of green. It's just it's amazing how how beautiful that country is. But um, I think they did a lot of Game of Thrones there. Did they? It was Northern Ireland, I think. Northern Ireland. It's kind of funny. I I didn't really know. Like I knew I was Irish, of course. I knew I was French too. I did the whole ancestry DNA thing. A little oh yeah, you told me this. Yeah, I found out that I was forty uh, percent Irish, and I didn't get any. I don't believe I got anything from my mom's side of the family because my dad and I had the same genetic marker. It brought us back to County Tyrone, Northern Ireland. Yeah, my oh. great grandmother came from there. She kind of funny story. She was the one that originally started the cleaning. So um, in a couple of weeks, you might see something on our social media page. We're going to Middletown, and that was our first uh, contract. It's now called Clemson's Brewery. Okay. They made uh, hacksaw blades and lawnmower blades and giant, you know, historical building in Orange County, New York. That was the first contract. So my grandmother, my great grandmother, worked for them directly and cleaned their homes. She got sick with lung cancer, and uh, my grandmother started the business, and that was their first contract when she got sick. So, so your great grandmother's from Ireland. Essentially, yeah, my great grandmother. Okay. Yeah, she's from uh, British citizen. She's born in Belfast. Yeah, my uh, my grandfather came from uh, County Kerry, so it's kind of cool. Like we got to go back with him, which was really fun. Um, it was, it, like that, that's like I was again saying on the podcast with uh, Mike Cashman. That's like one of probably one of my most or best memories, just because it was cool to go back with him. Uh, just because it's kind of a big big part of that side of our family. But oh, yeah, yeah. If you guys can go to uh, Ireland, it, it is absolutely incredible. Where's your favorite place in Ireland? Yeah. We we stayed in the county. I mean, we stayed or in the countryside. Like we went. I had cousins in Killarney. 
We hung out there. I went to Dublin, I think, one day, it's maybe. The castle. There's castles, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we went to a couple castles. There was a... Uh, I mean, there's castles everywhere. You just like drive down the road and there's a castle out in the field. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's the most random like, thing. And of course, we're like, oh my God, it's a castle. For them, it's just like an old, it's like going by like an old foundation around here. Right. And, uh, but we, we stayed in uh, Killarney. We went down the Cork. The one thing I didn't do was I never went up around the coast, which I would, I would like to do, you know, kind of see yeah. that. But um, to be honest, for the most part, we, uh, we were just out in the country and it was really cool. Got to go to the pubs, go to the restaurants, walk around the streets, the little shops. It wasn't as it wasn't commercialized. I mean, you had like vendors and small town shops and banks and stuff, but you weren't going like Dublin is a city, right. you know. Um, Belfast is another one, yeah. Belfast is a city. I mean, Killarney still has the old charm of of a you know where an old was, country. Where was Craig? Was he Matt? Is he Galway? Who? He went to Matt Craig. He, he, he jumped around. around. I, I want yeah, Galway sounds right. I think that's where he spent a lot of time. I think he said because he went over a semester uh, abroad, which that's I would Western, have loved to have done that. Western part of the island, right? Galway. I believe so. I believe so. I think Galway's near Clare, County Clare. Yeah, I have family on Cliff both sides more. that are from. I mean, seriously, just kind of just throw a handful of rocks at Ireland. I mean, they would be all over. But oh, really? Most most of the concentrated genetic marks I had was uh, from Tyrone, but there was from Antrim. Yep. And Cork as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where we branch out at, outside Kerry, but um, so Kerry's the, mo- the southwest southwesternmost county. Okay. Um, so I don't know where we would branch out from there. I'm sure w- amongst that we were somewhere else too. But like that's where the, my entire family. How's is the food cousin. over there? Is it like? Oh, it's great. Is it? Do you actually have like traditional food like uh, like boxy and stuff like that? They actually here or over there? Over there. Um, yeah, they had a bunch of stuff. Now, now, granted, like if you, I, I, one of my earliest memories was when we first got there. We took the red eye. It was like early in the morning. We stopped on the way home. We went to like eat breakfast, and. They had eggs and things like that. The two things I remember is they had blood pudding. They also had cold baked beans, which I never understood. And it just grossed me out. Like, I like baked beans, but it was cold baked beans in the breakfast. morning for breakfast. And I was so tired. Isn't that like an English breakfast, too? I don't know. It was, it was a European thing. I, it must be. It wasn't good. I mean, I would say it was good. It was just, I prefer, I like baked texture, beans. It's a texture thing. When they're cold, well, when they're cold, cold I just, I would want, I prefer to have them. Um, like, if you, my, my mom makes this and it's phenomenal. It's like three different kind of beans with like, bacon and like uh ground beef in it oh, yeah mixed up i can eat that cold all day long but just cold cold baked beans not for me so that's good the um i mean if you go to like a pub or something they have the shepherd's pie they have the you know they still have like bangers and mash because that's i mean it's an english thing but they'll bring it over the fish and chips they still have a lot of that um but what yeah now Jordy? no oh okay Oh, that's right. We're, we're almost done. I gotta, I gotta make it to Chipotle before it closes. It closes at ten. At ten, I know it's nine. Eight fifty-five. You get the bowl. Yeah. At Chipotle. Yeah. That's amazing. What do you get at Chipotle? We'll, we'll skip the Ireland talk. I talked about it with Cashman a lot, Did but they have good food. What do you get at Chipotle? Food. Back, back to, back to what really matters. What pro- pro- probably, uh, let me see, chicken, brown rice, guac. I'm trying to see what else I get in there. Black beans. Tonight, I guarantee you tonight I'm going to get double white rice, always white rice, double, double, I call it fajitas, but the, the, the peppers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then to be honest, haven't ate much today, probably get the double chicken, load it right up. Double white, double chicken. Double white, double chicken, double veggies. So I double the whole left side. Then you go over to all the other sides. I always get mild. (laughs) I'm going to do this next time I go in there. You know that. Yeah. Mild, medium. I literally go like this, mild, medium, corn, cheese, guac, and lettuce. 
right across. The only thing I don't get is uh, I don't get sour cream. I don't get the hot, hot salsa. Okay. And that's it. Guaranteed. It's going to be a nice like $13 extra bowl right there. That's all right. Solid. It's but totally it's worth though. it. It's dead, so. fill me up. Yeah. It'll fill me up. We'll get those calories in that I haven't had. When I was out working one day, I went in and I just had a normal size bowl. I was like, it's just it not good, the same. but it was, it wasn't there. You know, I had a, I had a void. I still needed to fill it. When, when I was what, back, back before, this was before Plattsburgh opened. I would go down to Albany and visit my sister. She was down in, um, she went to school down there and we always, I would drive down and that day, hundred percent was getting Chipotle. I'd go down because we didn't have it. And I used to always get the salad, meaning I just didn't get white rice. I never get beans. I don't think I've ever gotten beans at Chipotle. And I didn't want rice. Like I just wanted the, the, like the salad, the veggies, and just throw everything on top because I just kind of like, was like a taco salad kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And for like the longest time, I would eat it and it was great. And then I started adding the rice in it. It's so much more dense to it. So I'm like, okay. Especially now, I'm like, I need to get the rice in. I, I, like, I don't like the brown rice. I like the white rice. I like the cilantro. Right. But, uh, Man, yeah, Chipotle's solid. I'm, I'm, I'm in about 20 minutes from now. I'll be driving home with a nice little, nice big old heavy bowl of, of <laughs> Chipotle. Chipotle salsa. Um, you gonna get some for the, uh, the boss too? No, she's, she's probably getting ready to go to bed. I think she, yeah. Every once in a while, sometimes she'll text me. She might get Chipotle tonight. But my favorite, Ryan Lee asked me this. He goes, if you could have one meal for like. I think I, I forgot if he said it was the last meal or if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, like over and over again. Mine might be Chipotle. If I had to pick one thing, because there's a lot of flavors to it, like maybe if I don't know if it has to be the exact, but can I just like mix and match that kind of thing? Because right. like a steak bowl and a chicken bowl might be a little different, right? Or carnita. Um, Carnita's good too. But the only other the only other one that was even close to that that I could think of off the top of my head was sushi. Sushi. I'm a big sushi guy. Love it. Do you get sushi? No, I haven't. Have you ever had sushi? I have, but I, I still like. I don't like uncooked fish all that much. I love it, dude. I get. <laughs> you know what I mean? If Yama's open right now, which I don't think they are, that would is be that place great. good? I've never been there. Love it, Yama. Best place in Plattsburgh. Is it? I mean, there's only two. There's there in Kodo, but I'm not a. I. I everybody and I, I think most people will agree the sushi, at Yama's better. I think if you go and get like all the hibachi and things like that, I think they have more options at Kodo. Right. But I never get hibachi. I always get sushi. Um, you ever seen the reviews for Cafe Himalaya right next door? Yeah, that's that good. That place is off the chart. That's for good. The, for the reviews in that place. I've never been there either. Um, not my... F- I don't like it as much. Right. You know what I really like is uh, Sawadee. Oh, yeah, that place. Sawadee. Give me the... Pa- 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 uh, God, what they call Kugai. Yeah. Give me a Kugai with some pork on that. <laughs> I get guy with pork and they get chicken satay every single time. It is my favorite. My Go wife, to. My wife won't. She doesn't like like the curry and the... No, guy doesn't have the curry. It doesn't? They call it the brown... They call it like a brown sauce, but it literally is just like a bunch of... It's like a bunch of like udon noodles with um, pork and some veggies and stuff in it. Is it's it? really good. I'll try that. It's got... I think it's called brown sauce, but it's not like... The, I don't like sauce. Like I don't like if you go to... If you go to like a curry place or you go somewhere and it's just sitting like... You go to like sesame chicken. It can be overpowering. Yeah, and it's just absolutely. sitting in sauce. I can't stand like that, that crappy like, you know, like a like a jade or something. Yeah, it, it I makes, don't like it makes that. Makes you feel like a cheap buffet type meal. I, I get sick. I always get sick to my stomach when I go to one of those places. But if I can go, like, give me sawadee, the brown, like, it's it's a light light like mm-hmm. it's flavor, but it's not sitting there. It's cooked. It's cooked well. Um, I have to make you almost like a Adirondack chipotle there sometime. I take a venison a lot and i'll It'd be phenomenal like a hind steak but i put it in basmati rice 
because I yep. eat a lot of basmati. Yep. And then um, like a mixed vegetable, like you're saying. You Do know? you have any sauce on it? Not usually. Not usually. I cook it in like a... I know. I cook it in like a sauce, if you will. I mean, it's, it's a, like a light sauce, almost like a dry rub, but I let it make its own, its own juices and stuff. Would venison taste good? I mean, it probably is. If you drizzled that with like a teriyaki sauce. Oh, yeah. You could do that. Guys do it all the time. Like, soy sauce. Guys use soy Well, because like teriyaki is obviously sweet, but like with yeah. basmati and like mixed vegetables I'm and sure like a little be. bit of meat. Sure it would be. I bet you that's a solid meal. It's always good when you get... I got a friend. He's a fairly good cook. He's make like this potato stew curry. Yeah. Amazing. And the okay. day we had it, he also made chicken teriyaki on the side. Did he? Um, he's Asian, so that go. I mean, I don't know what it is, but he like he fixed fixed figured out the curry teriyaki combo. Oh, it was yeah. good. Those guys can, those guys oh can yeah, he, he was he was a he was a master with that. Um, but my God, it was good. And uh, yeah, if you can do it like teriyaki, not too much. The other thing too is if you go to Hannaford's, they got these like I think they call them like half hour mixes or something. It's marinade. Okay. You put it in a bag, mix it up. So we've been doing like, um, it's, it's real, I mean, really freaking good. You take like a, just a chicken breast yep. and you dice the chicken breast lengthwise. So you flip it top to bottom. Right. So they're kind of like these long strips, throw it in a baggie, throw about, you don't even need a lot of it. Just throw enough to cover everything. So it's yep. not like saturated. Let it sit for, it says 30 minutes, 30 minutes to an hour. Totally fine. Pull it out, put it on the grill and cook it. It is so freaking tender. And it's, it's teriyaki. It's literally teriyaki chicken. But okay. it's about as clean of teriyaki chicken as you're going to ever make. <laughs> okay. and, it's, and it's, you just grill it. And like you fry it and it comes off. You could eat that whole thing because it's just got that, a little bit of sweetness and a little, like that, that flavoring. Amazing. That's awesome. I don't know what it's called. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll send you the Probably, bottle. Is it like a Lowry's or? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I was gonna Lowry's say I was going to say Lowry's, but it, it's it's a teriyaki one. It's really good. You wouldn't think so because like oh, I was out of this bottle, but we've done that a few times out of that thing. It's so freaking good. Oh yeah. Someone's going to say it's got cancer properties in it or something. I don't know. It's phenomenal. I'll do it <laughs> every good. single time. Yeah, <laughs> that's, all, that's all it is. So, um, Zach, so we can get out of here and you can get home. Yeah, sure. Or you can go work out or whatever you're going to do now. Um, eat and then work out. Eat and then work out. There yeah. you go. Um, so I did this la- last one, and I think gonna ask you I, i'm taking a book out of ryan lee's po- uh, podcast page um but i'm not as structured but qu- like three questions for you go for it what is the hardest part about owning your own business juggling just everything juggling yeah that's just like adapting constantly so, so we, as it you know everything comes at you all at once it seems like and you know in our situation we have a team you know, my wife and I, you know, kind of tackle it together. But at the same time, it's like she does her thing. I do my thing. You know, we each have our area of operation, if you will. Do you find that? Kind of keep everything happy. Like every day is just a mixture of, I find every single day is, is like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. It's going up and it's going down. It's good, bad. Dancing but, in the rain, man. But man, you're just trying to keep it on the tracks all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, it's not like overly stressful. I don't, I used to get overly stressed in the beginning, mm-hmm. but now it's just like, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? So. Yeah. I find people that own their own business have a very good perspective on things because they, like me, I don't get down very often. It takes a lot. A, like I had a client today text me out of the blue and say, we are back out of the house. They can keep our escrow. But we just, we don't want it anymore. Okay. Well, good talk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like what that's do do? not a good text to get, but I literally looked at it, read it, said, okay, thanks. On to the next thing. Like I'll get to it. But it's, 
it's just one of those things like when things like hit the fan kind of thing so like there you lose however many you know sides of a deal and and everything else and i kind of look at it like it's not the end of the world you know nobody yeah. nobody died yeah i'm sure one of the clients is gonna get pissed at me for some reason and it is what it is you know you take it you bounce it off the shoulder you move on right. at the end of the day if you don't do anything wrong you're all good um second question what is the best part about owning your own business I think it's probably satisfaction. You know what I mean? The self-satisfaction of, you know, you're driving the, driving your brand, you're, you're growing this baby of yours and, you know, see, seeing everything come full circle finally, you know, seeing the work pay off, you know, and it's, it's also the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I'd probably mm-hmm. say, yeah, you know, it's the most risk I've ever taken. Yeah. Followed I, by the highest reward. Yeah. That that's, that's what I also find too, is that anybody that does any like entrepreneurship is just, it's a high risk, high reward. Like there's, times you're stressed to the max oh, absolutely. whether it be financial whether it be just time whether it be whatever family and then it has some of the best payoffs when all yeah. the work's put in but it, like you said i think satisfaction's it like when you you realize that like the late hours the the stress the you know you know low financial points all that stuff gets mm-hmm. bundled up and you get through it and you just keep grinding and grinding and grinding and it, it I think if you have a positive mindset and just a, a just like a hundred percent belief in yourself, that's why I work out. Yeah, then you're gonna make <laughs> you can make it happen. Right. You know that's what I mean? it. Yeah, it really is. Blow, blow steam off. Blow steam off, and then you know you just look at the end goal, and that's uh, build something we can be proud of, and hopefully give to our daughter one day. Yeah, that's. You know? And uh, last thing, um, sign us off. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote. It's gonna be on my website, so I'm gonna probably quote this almost word for word. It's a C.S. Lewis quote: Integrity. Definition of integrity, says C.S. Lewis, is doing the right thing even when no one's watching. Perfect. Love it. So, all right. So for Zach and myself, um, and actually before we sign off, Zach, how can people find you? They can find us on uh, Facebook or Instagram at uh, SparkleClean, no hyphens, and uh, soon to be www.spar-kil-klen.com. Perfect. All right. So for Zach and myself, um, that is episode 39 of the Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show.